recorded live. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show Produced by Household Stress, the talk show with the top-selling book and an app for your Android smartphones We come your way every Tuesday night from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time But you can get more info about this show by visiting our website, householdstress.com Listeners can participate in one of our live weekly talk shows by calling in or logging on to householdstress.com From your personal computer as an anonymous guest Phone lines are open right now, but this show is strictly for men only, so call into the hottest talk show in the world. Now, we have a couple of rules, and they are absolutely no profanity and no politics, and more importantly, no racial stuff. This show is apolitical and race neutral so that we can make sure that any man can feel comfortable on our show. And furthermore, fellas, this ain't Bible study. We want you to just be able to come to our show as a man, and that is it. This virtual talk show always presents the hottest topics for discussion, and tonight is no different. Tonight's topic is, I do and I don't. My name is Rodney, and I'll be your pilot for the evening. I've got a lot of material, and the hope is that I can get this plane off the ground and ultimately land on a safe conclusion. This is a fluid conversation, so if you do have something to say, please feel free to do so. Or if you just prefer to listen, that's absolutely fine as well. But please try to hang on until the end because you'll definitely want to hear the conclusion to this episode. All right, with all of that said, let's get started. Um, tonight, fellas, I want to try to make the case against marriage. I want to try to make the case against marriage. Um, because so many people, both men and women, are opting out of this thing, this, this marriage thing. You know, simply saying, I don't. So why do you all think that is? Why do you think that, that so many people out here, men and women, are just, saying I don't when it comes to this this marriage thing, this marriage piece. Why are people saying I don't? Well, um, they're they're looking at other people's relationships and what they're doing and and how they're not changing or or building, you know, or growing in their marriage. And um, they're getting the, they don't have, they don't come to shows like ours talking and, and, and discuss the issues. They go to their friends and then their friends are like, well, let's go to the strip club and let's figure it out. Mhm. Mhm. Good words. Good words. Anybody else? Yeah, well, I, I agree with. People. Go ahead. I agree with the man. I think that the um, complexion of marriage is not a pretty complexion any longer. I think that 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 um, with the with the Huxtables, you know, since then we haven't had any any real strong uh, uh, pictures of marriage, and I think marriage scares a lot of people because also the um, divorce rate is so high. So if you're single looking at marriage from the outside, it just doesn't look pleasing. It doesn't look like it's as stable as, stable as it should be. Mm. Good words, good words. So, I, I, go ahead. I don't think uh, people really know how to have a Christian traditional marriage and have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I don't yeah. think I don't just because you read you know certain scriptures about marriage and everything, you still don't know how to cross check that and implement that into your life. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like practical applications? Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So also, go ahead. Uh, also, what it, what it comes down to is <clears throat> marriage is sort of as. Falling chain and and papers, you know. So people today said I can have it all and not be mine. Mm-hmm. So it makes it easy for them to get up and do and go and you know whatever they they want to do. Mm-hmm. Good words. Good words. So on the flip side, why did y'all get married? Why did you say I do instead of I don't? Do you know? Why did you get married? Why did y'all get married? Why did you say I did? Hmm. That's a good question. The idea of marriage, the idea of having a, 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 a better half or, or just another half of person and just not having to look anymore, not having to wonder who you're going to hang out with, who you're going to be with, is a great idea. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? The idea. It's a pretty fun idea. It's a fun idea of not worrying no more. You, gotta, you get to throw away your black book. The guessing game is over. You don't have to take any more applications. Everything is good. You know what I mean? It's just that secure thing. So I think that a lot of us marry the idea of it. You know, we found somebody that actually showed us a glimpse of what it would be like. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> You're right, man. You're right. They show us a glimpse of what we think um, we want from from the person that we want to spend the rest of our life with. Um, and with that being said, you know, we 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 also know in the back of our head where we used to be and what we're trying to get away from. So we we're ready to move forward into trying to fulfill that that fantasy. Doesn't always mm. work, but at least that's the, the start we try to do. Right, right. And you know, when y'all said I do, are there things now that you look back on, and and that today you would say I don't. You know, for me, is you know, is cleaning that shower. You know, I, when when I stand <laughs> at the altar, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I I clean, I you know, I do anything you want, you know, anything you need, baby, I help you out. But now, no, you know, the shower, and we talked about that. It has, um, I'm you know, um, defeated, you know, when it comes to cleaning that bad boy because I just can't, you know, get get it right. But you know, when y'all said I do. Are there things that you look back on that that today that you know you would you should have said I don't you know back then because when you stand at the altar like you know whatever you know I do with you know to whatever you were kind of wide open with that but do you, do you do you look back on that day and say you know maybe I should have said I don't to some things. Hmm. I. I... I don't know. Um, there are some things that 
you know, that really get on get get to you, get under your skin. But as far as if you say, you know, man, if I'd have known this, I wouldn't I would not have married her. You know? Mm. That's a that's a pretty pretty strong pretty strong statement. Uh, I can say this uh with my current wife. There isn't anything that she's done so far that I would just say, you know what, I wish I could just take turn back the hands of time and, and just take them vows back. Now, who knows what happened in the future, but, you know, uh, up until now, no. But I, with my first wife, who I was married to for nine years, yeah, that happened, you know. Um, I really wished I would have taken more time to evaluate, but then again, it, it's a catch twenty two. Because how much time is long enough for someone to really show you crazy? Yeah, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Some people mm-hmm. got different time zones. Some people they wait, they can hold crazy away for five years, six <laughs> years, mm-hmm. and you never know what you got on your hands. And then you like, man, I, if I'd have known, man, you know, you know, you come home so, to, from work to crazy one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Being married to somebody crazy is not fun. I tried it. It uh-huh. Don't work. <laughs> I I think I think um, in good words. I think that the the hard work that it takes to maintain a marriage. I think that is one thing that would make somebody say, "I wish I didn't do it," because the hard work. All, I mean, you know, how do I say this politely? <laughs> um, um, sometimes you look at the risk versus the reward, you know, putting in this hard work, and then the reward isn't the same as you, as what you were promised in the beginning. So you find yourself you know, going through the hard work to maintain. The maintaining isn't all even happy. Mean peace. To settle for peace of mind, other than that happiness that we thought we were going to get, you know what I'm saying, prior to saying I do. Good words, good words. I want to go through, I want to step through, uh, you know, some of the the more traditional reasons why men get married. And I want to see if y'all agree or not. No, this is the first one. True, true or false, fellas? Men get married to have someone to cook and clean for them. True or false? False. false. For me, false. Why so? Oh, because I I know how to cook and clean myself. Good uh, words. My, my mama taught me how to do that. I don't need I don't need no woman to do that for me. <laughs> Amen, my brother. Amen. I agree. I agree. Okay. I, I'm a sad case. If I depend on a woman, if I if I got to find somebody to clean and cook for me, I, I'm 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 in a different place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, and especially in 2013, because you know today's woman is is empowered by not performing some of the traditional housewife duties. You know, no. regardless of whether no. she's working or not. No. 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 Hey, wait a minute. Just because I know how to do it doesn't mean it's my job. <laughs> Talk to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Just because I know how to do it don't mean it's my job. <laughs> now, 
I'm not about to be cleaning up behind no woman and cooking for no woman, and she don't know how to cook and clean. I'll do it every now and then just to help out. But that's my that's one of my primary jobs. No, that's a woman's job. Wow. That's a woman's job. <laughs> wow. That's, that's not my job. That's not No, my job is when there's a sound at night to go investigate. My job is, you know, do we need to refinance, you know, to make that decision? <laughs> you know, how much we need to put it out for 401K or, you know, something wrong with the car that ain't running right. That's my job. So or the yard need to be done. Yeah, so you know. Your job isn't a daily job. Your job is an every now and then job. My job, I have daily jobs. I mean, I have daily duties. I mean, you know, taking out the trash. I mean, pumping gas, opening doors. Oh, I mean, I got, I got things that I have to do that I automatically know, just like it's my job. You know, just like there are things that she do that's her job, and it's just understood. But, you know, that comes from traditional values. So there's no room in my mind for understanding this new age woman that don't cook or clean. I don't, I don't, uh, she's like a Martian to me. <laughs> mm. I agree with that. Okay. All right, well, and I think we got some agreement on that one. The next one, true or false, fellas? Some of the, and again, some of the reasons, traditional reasons why men get married. Uh, true or false, men get married to get access to regular sex. Yes, yeah, true. 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 Absolutely. One hundred percent. That's the first thing they lose. <laughs> the first thing you lose is regular sex when you marry. So, <laughs> so marriage is not a guarantee of regular sex. I mean, you know, us older guys will say that. You know, we'll let we'll try to tell the young bucks that, but they don't want to hear that. But yeah, they yeah, no. Hear. You know, when you married, the last thing you gonna do is have sex. Now <laughs> it's gone. Sex is gone. That's right, that honeymoon stage. I call it that honeymoon stage. You get all you want, because after that? Yeah, after that, it's it. Game over. Mm. Wow. Yeah, because there, there are plenty of sexless marriages out here. Truth be told, you know, after Telling kids, you, man. And, go ahead. Telling you, man, after a while, it's just trying to get along. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get along. It ain't about, you know what I mean, what you thought it was. Sometimes it's just, hey, it was, Oh, we ain't fight today. We had a good day. We ain't argue today. Yeah. Yeah, and after, I mean, you talk about, you know, after kids, careers, you know, the the, the wife, you know, might only want to have sex when she wants the husband to buy her something or, mm-hmm. you know, remodel the house or take her on a trip. You know what I mean? So, it could be anything. Take out the trash. Anything. It could be right. anything. Yeah, take the, take the recycling down to the curb. You know, anything. Anything, but you know, it. I mean, it 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 varies, but you know, it. Not in y'all's cases, I know. You know, I know your wives are great wives. They don't manipulate, you know, you guys like that. Um, but when it when it comes to, you know, the type of things that wives generally say, um, what, what types of things do wives generally say? I don't to. You know, when it comes to the bedroom, you know, generally speaking, not your wife, but generally speaking, what what is what are the types of things that wives generally say I don't to when it comes to the bedroom? Playing games. Playing games like sex games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I, th- I thought of one. You know, uh, one of the things that, that wives say say no to or I don't to is having sex. <laughs> I mean, in general. Yeah, that's true. Generally speaking. That but, might be true, but it may not be true. Yeah, in some cases. You know, I'm, I'm talking, you know, in general. You know, generally speaking. But on the flip side, are there things that you say I don't too when it comes to the bedroom? I know oh, yeah. for me, you know, there's no banana in the tailpipe, as, you know, as we always That's say. It. You know. That's probably the only thing we say no to. Everything else is a green light. Maybe sure. on that backside, everything else is, is, is good, I think. You're probably right. No, 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 no. Y'all missing one, one major one. What's that? No, we're not going to have another man in the bedroom. Right, right. Hey, listen, <laughs> I was going to say that. No, no, no third party in the bedroom. Yeah. Unless it's like your girlfriend and she just happens, you know, it's it, all that way. Mm. <laughs> I don't even want that. Not in my bedroom. Hmm. So as long as it's, I think T. R. was saying, as long as it's uh, two people, um, you know, it's really no limit when it comes to us. There's really no limit, you know, uh, as long as it's no, you know, don't touch the booty hole. You know, don't, yeah. you know, don't go there with the beads or, you know, it, no, we ain't going there. But everything else, like you said, I mean, it's a green light, you know. Green light, brother. Green light. Let's go get it in. Mm-hmm. But but they not like that, and that's the disturbing part of that. You know what I mean? They got limitations, and where these limitations came from, I do not know. I'm I'm gonna try to give you a little insight, and and actually it it started many years ago. A married woman used to, I, I, and some of them probably do. It's like it's a duty. No, doing that, I'm a whore. Uh, I'm not doing boys' thing. Um, you know, you 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 uh, you, you pretty much aren't doing for me what I want, so I'm gonna hold it back. You know, um, but mostly it's because they feel that when they become, and it's just like, and it also happens in men because a lot of men. When their wives have children, then they look at them differently. They are fit that, that that will do that. They just totally look at them in a whole different light. Mm-hmm. But mostly, it's she's thinking that now I'm not like I was when I was pursuing you. You know, now everything is I would be a whore. Which hey, I'm looking for that. Yeah, we right. looking for that. Because guess what? Because guess, guess what the first thing a man going to go do? Find him a whore. Mm. Find somebody that's a no-limit soldier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you under, but, you know, I read something that uh, the American culture is the only culture that don't train their daughters. Right. The mothers don't train their daughters to be wives and how to treat their men in the, in the bedroom. Right. Without, no doubt. There's other cultures that that's, that's what they do. And yeah, they teach them how to divorce and get paid. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
That's exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They teach them how to have a big wedding day that costs everybody money, and then turn around and get that money later if it don't work out. He's rich. He's a doctor. He married very well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And y'all speak about, you know, the kids. Um, do men get married and have kids? No. <laughs> no. Some, no. Some do. I think some do. They get married because they had kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> I like that. I know all about it, trust me. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, you know, let me ask you this. You know, do responsible parents who raise a, a healthy family but never actually get married, do they get less respect than divorced parents or married parents who are ineffective? Respect from so, who? From society in general. You know, you're talking about a responsible couple, man and woman. They they raising a healthy family, but they never actually tied a knot. Do they get less respect for folks, for parents that are divorced or or ineffective parents? You know, a married couple. I I think they do. I think they do. I think uh, there there there's a stigma that goes with that. Uh, because you aren't married, you know, your situation is complicated, as they say. Some people do say. So, you know, yeah, I think there's a stigmatism that go with that. Does, does, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, does building a family and a life together, um, you know, raising happy children, is, does that have nothing to do with marriage? Or does it have everything to do with marriage or being married? Building a family and life together, raising children, does that have nothing to do with being married or everything to do with being married? Mm. I think one, that's one of the reasons. I don't think it's everything to do with marriage, but that's that's a, that's probably a high reason to be married. What about having a, a a lifelong, faithful, committed r- relationship? Does that have nothing to do with being married? Just mm-hmm. you, know, you just date her for fifty years, just never get married. So you, I mean, I mean, there are people that do it. I mean, it kind of doesn't make sense, but then again, it could make sense to somebody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because there are a lot of people to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, again, it's, it, it's like I said, it kind of doesn't make sense if you're going to put 50 years in with somebody and never give them a ring. That means that you never really truly love that person. You use them as long as you can use them or as long as they allow you to use them. I mean, cause that's what you're doing. You're actually using I mean, Even if it's a mutual situation, you're still using someone. Because the ultimate goal in any relationship is marriage. Right. It's not it's not to hang out. And and more times than any, that 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 relationship ends up in an ultimatum anyway. Yeah. Hmm. So what you're saying is that marriage is a choice and really it's not the only path that that a man has to take. No. Gotcha. 
I think it it it, it makes a better person, more responsible.
some married, some men get married because they don't want to die alone. I don't know about mm. that. No. That's true. Well, I think not the some men, some old, not to die, mm-hmm. but after a certain age, you get lonely. Yeah. Um, and for instance, um, my my godfather, when I when I saw him the other a uh, couple of weeks ago, um, one of the things he was saying to me is like, "Hey, man, I'm lonely. I need. I, I I'm ready to get another wife because this, you know, my my um." Godmother, she passed away early due to cancer and stuff. So he's been in his big house that he dreamed and worked with with his wife all his life. And now he's just looking at four walls. And I believe after a while, a man needs a woman. And now that he's not, you know, he's done his job and because his wife passed away, he's free to go on. He's at that point now where he's like, I need somebody else. I won't survive if I don't have a woman beside me. Mm. Wow. But, I mean, truth be told, and that's great words, p but truth be told, most of us will leave this world alone. Unless, you know, uh, you know, God forbid that you both die. No, I'm going to take my with me. You're taking it with you? <laughs> Unless you, I was gonna say, unless you both, you know, die in some horrible accident or something of some some kind, you know, God forbid. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, what I'm saying is that we all die alone, married or not. You know what I mean? And there was a story in the news a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if y'all saw it or not, about a 94 year old New York man named Norman Hendrickson. Norman died suddenly while en route to his wife's funeral, who died days earlier at the age of 89. They were married for almost 66 years. But even in this story about dear Norman, they didn't die simultaneously. You know, they didn't die, you know, so he died alone, she died alone. So, you know, that ultimately we all die alone, you know, married or not, but... You know, like Pete Townsend said, I mean, some guys, you know, they don't, they don't want to be alone. So but. you think you 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 think that, um, you think that she maybe didn't go ahead to prepare a place for them. Mm. I mean, because you you hear about it so often that when one spouse dies, the other one dies. Yeah. And it doesn't happen a lot, but you, it's not unusual when you hear about it. And it may be they may have gotten to that place. You know what I mean? Where, um, you know, where they just can't live alone. I think that is probably the 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 ultimate uh, uh, goal in marriage. When you get to that place where you don't want to live if you can't live with that person. You give up the will to live. Well, well, that's that companionship. You know, that's that companionship. Somebody you know that you, regardless of what happens, she's going to be always there for you. When you come home, you're going to, that's the face you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the person you communicate with who you get emotionally attached to. Yeah, I mean, you're both in sync. You're both in sync. You know, 
We love our boys, but ain't nobody rubbing up on your boy. You <laughs> Let's know? hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, this is a person that's going to be mostly very attached with you. It's one that you can let your guard down to when things go bad. And then it's something that keeps you striding for the future. You know, when you come home and see your wife, you know, oh, I got to get up and go to work the next day because I got to make sure, I, you know, you know, it, it strives for better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what, what y'all are talking about is, is you know, dying of heartbreak, you know, yeah. essentially. But, you know, they they died within days of each other. Um, you know, she was 89. You know, he was headed to her funeral. On the in the funeral procession, he went on. You know, went on home. And you know, I don't know, T. Hall. I mean, you might be right. Um, you know, that she's gone and say, "Hey, honey. You know, I'm here. I'm I'll see you in a minute. Yeah, see you in a minute. I'll see you in a minute. Hurry up. You know, I'm gonna be waiting on you. Yeah, yeah. I believe my grandfather lasts probably about five years after my grandmother died. Or you can look at it this way. She was so selfish, she wasn't going to leave him behind for somebody else. Ah, ah, wow. Like, <laughs> come on, honey. Get up here. I know Susie been looking at you down at the church. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Forgive me, Lord. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you might be right. But, I mean, that, that sounds great, fellas. That, that sounds really great. But let's be real. Let's be real here. Marriage is no longer a lifelong commitment like the Hendricksons had. You know, they were married 66 years. But, you know, marriage can be reversed in a in the twinkling of an eye, you know, in these days. So marriage, I mean, that, that sounds great, you know, preparing a place and then marriage. Six, but we know people get divorced. But have y'all ever considered, have y'all ever considered the number of people that you know or don't know that are in a bad marriage but opt to stay in it? Yes. Have you ever considered the number of people? A lot. It's a lot. Yeah, but there's reasons why they opt to stay in it. What are the reasons? Security, money, kids, lack of self-esteem. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. What the public thinks, you know, uh, 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 um, you know, it's just, it's just uh, there's a lot of reasons why they stay in it other than love. You Tell know, us, being comfortable, being familiar, you know what I'm saying? All yeah. that. What's up, brother? Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Darren. How y'all hey, doing? what's up, Darren? Hey, welcome. Good, welcome. welcome. Good, man. Yeah, you're right, Seahawk. I mean, many couples stay together just for the sake of the kids. As soon as little Johnny goes off to college or, or gets his college degree, guess what? Mama moving out. Mm-hmm. Or you know, or daddy getting an apartment, or whatever it is. Um, and then you look at, and we've talked about this before. You look at marriages. Consider how many involve infidelity, no sex, sleeping in separate beds or separate rooms. You know, if you if you you know, we we talk about all this stuff all the time. But if you were to estimate. What would you say the percentage of happy and monogamous marriages is? If you were to estimate, what percentage would you say are happy and monogamous? I couldn't hit it on the, the nose, but I'm going to tell you it's less than 40%. That's where I was going. 40%? That's where I was going. I think that's kind of high. <laughs> I was thinking like in the in the you know single 25? 
Singleton. I was thinking of Singleton, yeah. Of Happy Marriages? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to get into the reason why later, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's in this, you know, because I know you guys, and I'm not just being facetious, I know you guys are in a happy and monogamous relationship. I know that. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, if we put all the guys in each one of our individual circles together in a room, you know, you get your three boys, I get my five boys, it wouldn't be the, the case. It would be mine because all my boys is on the phone. <laughs> true that. True that. True that. True that. True that. But somebody talked earlier about America and, you know, how we view, you know, sexuality and marriage and everything. But do y'all think that we Americans no longer need marriage anymore? That's a tough question. Y'all think that marriage no longer need this thing marriage. You know, oh, not, marriage is needed. I think it's it's lack of respect for it. Mm. Yeah, we need marriage more now than ever, man. You just need the help. Especially financially. You just need the help. Mm. No, not I I don't think so. Not necessarily. I don't think you need no help. But I think okay. just, just to be in right well, standing. Well, marriage marriage helps the community all the way around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But listen to statistics uh, recently released by the U.S. Census Bureau. For the first time ever, fewer than half of the households in the United States are married couples. First time ever. And in the past decade, the number of unmarried couples increased 25% as more people simply chose to shack up. So, y'all may not think that, you know, that that, that marriage, or y'all may think that marriage is, is still needed, but obviously the rest of America is not where we are. And more than 2 million couples, fellas, will get married in the United States this year alone. More than 2 million couples. But do y'all think... Huh? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, but how many... Do y'all think that some of these couples should really reconsider, postpone their wedding, or not get married at all out of the 2 million? Or do you think all 2 million should head to the altar and, you know, no reconsideration... You know, no postponement, just, you know, have at it. Two million, scheduled to get married, two million will get married. It also depends on on your situation. You know, um, there was no way that I could get married five years ago. Mm. Because her kids would have ruined our, uh, our marriage. And I'm not an I'm 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 not gonna say I'm a saint. You know, I, I have my my feelings on things and it was no there's no way that I would provide food and that allow you to put your feet under my table when you try to uh 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 destroy me and what I got. So it it you know, that's why my situation is we gonna wait until they're no longer in the picture. Mm. 
as far as being right there, you know, day to day. You know, I talked to a friend of mine that's today, and, and he, you know, he had the clean house, you know. And it's just him and her, and, and, and that's the way it should be. But if I jumped into it and just said, yeah, come on, we want to do this, we want to be together, you, you know, they're grown and they're still trying to destroy what we trying to do. Mm. Wow. But now they they don't have the power that they have when they when when you when you can classify them as oh they 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 kids, you know. So it depends on the situation. But even even with these these dire marital statistics, are we as humans still just wired to search for that person whom we can spend the rest of our lives with? Are we just wired that way as humans? You know, to search for that person who we can spend the rest of our lives with? Do, I mean, what I'm saying is that do a majority of us still crave to be married or are we in the minority? Hmm. That's a stumper. That's a stumper. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know the answer either. You know, because like like T R said, I mean, this circle here, we're all about marriage. That's why we're on here this evening. And if, are, if, are we all about marriage, or are we all all about saving the marriage that we have? Both. So what you're saying is, what what you're saying is this: that if you didn't have this marriage and you were single. You wouldn't try to ride it out being single for a while? Absolutely not. So you were born to be married? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. And I think it goes back to what, you know, the brother said about, you know, my situation. My parents were married 43 years. Uh, well, excuse me, are married 43 years. Gotcha. My grandparents were married 60 years before my grandfather passed. So my situation... Rodney's situation is yes, I wouldn't be single, you know, for too long. If I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be out here like I wouldn't be the forty-year-old guy hanging out at the club. That would not so, be out of so, somebody. Go ahead. So if your first marriage didn't work, yes, would you be rushing to jump back into it again? Um, yes and no, and I say no because my kids would take a majority of my time as a single father, um, you know, and I would want the, the joint custody or whatever. So I would focus on them, and I probably couldn't give a woman the attention and um, that, that she would really need to build a relationship. So, you know, so no, I wouldn't, you know, rush out to, to run down the aisle again because I wouldn't I wouldn't have the time to really develop another relationship to to be in a position to to head down the aisle, but I would desire that. You know. I, uh, Rodney, I uh, I, I thought the same way. I, I I thought the same way you thought, right? Mm-hmm. And then when that happened, you know what I'm saying? I uh, I, I was like, you know, I got I got to focus on his kids. I got to focus on this. And I got to focus on that. But being a Christian, you you can't mix and match the two. So you can't. You, 
automatically by being a man, you're going to go look for another woman. But mm-hmm. automatically by being a Christian, you're trying to do the right thing. And, you know, like, I don't want to sleep with this woman. And, you know, you got a couple of compromises that you run up on, you know what I mean? Right, and, uh, right. And, then, you know, so you start seeing a woman in the course, you know, you catch feelings, and then you used to, you know, being married and, 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 and having sex Getting it on the regular, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, got that so in-house. Like, all of that started kind of meshing in, and then you're like, uh-oh, what do I do now? And, you know, and you start reading the Bible, better to, better to marry than to burn. And you know. <laughs> right. So I got just, you. I got you on that. You know, so in my case, you know, it, just, it just, I mean, it, it was like, you know, it wasn't back-to-back, but it was like, you know, it, it, was a, it was like a need that I needed to feel. Or you know, or probably, probably is probably I got used to being married. Being out ten years, you know, you get used to being married. You get used to something, and then you know, all of a sudden, it's quietness in the house, no kids in the house, and it's just you in the house. And you know, you got all kind of enticements like clubs, pornos, and all that other stuff that's around you that you don't supposed to be getting into. And then you know, you got people that want to hook you up with other people and introduce you to friends. And, and then you kind of get hooked up and linked up, and then you start talking, and then it gets, you know, and, and I'm going to tell you, something about a godly man, women kind of, they're more attracted to, and they'll fall for them, you know, it, it, it comes real passionate real quick, you know, for them, because that's what they, in their head, oh, I always was wanting a godly man, you know, so it started mm-hmm. getting heavy. So you can quick. line them up, you can line them up. Right. You, but, know, you don't want to make no mistakes. Yeah, and and that's what that's what I was gonna ask you, brother, and and to all of y'all. Do y'all do y'all think that the most important decision that a person will ever make in their life is whom to marry? Yeah, that's no life commitment. No. No. Why not? <laughs> I don't think that's the first. I don't think that's the most important decision a person will ever make in their life. Is it one of it's the a most? very important one. It's one of them. So not the most, but one of the most. It may be one of the most. It may be it's one in the of top the five. It's in the top five. Go ahead, Ike. Oh, no, I'm saying it's one of the most. I mean, because the impacts that this person direct, direct, the direct impacts are huge. I mean, this person can affect if you're having a good day or not. Right. I mean, because think about it. When the <laughs> marriage is right, does little else really matter? You know, happy wife, happy, is right. happy wife, happy life, right? That's right, exactly, exactly. And multiple, multiple studies have found a strong correlation between the stability of good relationships and increased life happiness. So it may not be the most, but, it, you know, like P-Town said, it's, it's probably, you know, easily top five, you know, the, the, the choice of, of whom to marry. So why does marriage so often turn out to be a disappointment for so many people? If probably everybody would agree, whether they're on this phone or not, men and women, that is top five. You know, the the, the person that you, you know that that you choose to marry is top five, one of the most important decisions in your life. So why does marriage so often turn out to be a disappointment for so many? Because there's no planning and no growth. I mean, throughout marriage, you got to be understanding that the way you go into a marriage, excuse me, the first three years is not the way 
it's going to always stay. You know, things happen, um, new jobs, babies, encounters, uh, moving. Um, so you got to always have a plan and always be able to grow in your marriage. And that gets you to come become closer to one another. Well, the disappointment, um, the, the, the disappointment sometimes it goes when a person initially gets married. They choose a woman for, you know, for looks, of course. That's number one. She got to look like something. And then, and then all the other stuff kind of falls in. Now, when the kids come and then he don't realize or she don't realize how that person raised kids, they might be on to- two totally different levels. And I know, like, with my wife, uh, you know, one of us might not believe in beating them and the other one might believe in tearing them up. And one might have a problem with with um, the way the other one talks to the person. And then it starts it start to kind of chip off, you know, at the edges because of the way that they were raised. And, and both of them could have been raised absolutely wrong. But when you get in a union together, both of them bring their their their, their, their traits into the household, you know, the woman, uh, one one woman might be used to seeing her mom get spoiled because her daddy is rich, and every time her mom go out, she buying this and buying that, hiding from her daddy, and then she try to bring that to her to her husband, who's an E-0 in the military. You know, then, he, then she tries to do the same thing, go out there and buy all kind of stuff, and he's like, you know, really tripping about money. It's like, why are you tripping? You know, and she's only doing what she was taught to do. And then that can cause a wedge between uh, a lot of uh, cause a lot of problems in in the marriage as well. So would would y'all say, is is marriage for everybody? No. <laughs> is it no? That's an emphatic no. <laughs> no. <laughs> One other mm-hmm. other point about yeah. that. I'm sorry, to cut you off. Also, the promises. Okay. Because a lot of times you you either you perceive or it's been told to you, and then you find out these promises aren't aren't going to be uphold upheld. You know, I got you now. The whole I got you now, so I don't need to. What I said then doesn't really matter now. Mhm. But do, do y'all think people intend to be unhappily married? No. intend to be unhappily married. I think the biggest problem with people, especially women, is, you know, they don't really know what makes them happy. Mm. And I know that sounds real simple, but you got Hollywood telling you what's supposed to make you happy. You got, you know, a mother probably telling you what makes you happy. friends, your single friends telling you what's supposed to make you happy in a marriage. They don't know what they want. They don't know. I mean, most of them want a man, and when they get a man, they start talking about, well, I don't cook and I don't clean. Well, guess what? You don't want a man. You want a child to take care of. Well, no, uh-huh. you want a man to take care of you and do everything. And then you got some that want a, want a child to take care of. They want a baby him, and they know they'll pump his ass while he stay in the car. You know, so they don't, I mean, you see them every day. They don't know what they want. Do y'all think bad marriages just happen to to bad people? No. I think bad marriages happen to people that just don't want to change, just not willing to compromise, and and that was, 
you take a single child that was um that they you know, that grew up in the house and it was just all about selfishness and then they go into that marriage with the same mentality and then and, and somebody finally trying to check them, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, you can't talk to me like that because, you know, hey, I've, I've always been like this, and they really think that they're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you get in the, when you get, it's okay to, I know it was in, when I was in high school, it was okay for a woman to be all, or a girl to be all, you know, on a cheerleading team and looking all high might against the ditty, and that's the, that's the girls that dudes want. And then, you know, they get them, and then they realize, Hey, they got a monster, you know. Mm-hmm. This this girl needs she has she's high maintenance, and I and I, my 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 pockets don't go that deep to satisfy all these uh, requirements <laughs> that she has. Yeah, and that's absolutely false. You know, bad marriage, bad marriages don't just happen to bad people. You know, on the contrary, they they mostly happen to good people who aren't good for each other. You know, um, but you know, speaking of that. Is it easy to choose the wrong person to marry? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you sound like you're speaking from experience. Oh, yeah, it's real easy. It's real easy because you, if you pick the one that everybody thinks you should marry, then you don't marry the wrong person. But Darren was talking about looks, and, and, and do you all think that too many people choose to get married, you know, simply based on the laws of attraction? Oh, yeah, some people like to have biracial children because they have good hair. That's true. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> wow. Hey, Ryan, let me let me. Ask, can I tell you one Go one, one statistic? That is a little Go bit ahead. to the left, a little bit. Go ahead. But it was a couple of weeks ago. We had a show, and it uh, it, was, it was a statement said. I don't remember who said it, but it was a statement saying it was more divorces happening in the church than it does in the world. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember that? Not really, but go ahead. Okay. Well, it's well the people people are staying married longer that's that's in the world than they are in church or something like that. Well, I, I kind of went and did some research on it, and I found that these statistics from the census um, they ask people a certain they give them a questionnaire, and they ask them, you know, uh, are you divorced or married, or they ask them the marital status, and if they say divorce, you know, then they ask what is your religion, and they say Christian and and they ask them all, all the other questions. Well, they take that statistic and they say, okay, divorce Christians. And then they'll, then they'll see that the divorce rate is high. And they make their assumption off of that. But what they didn't what they didn't ask the people were, were they Christians before they got married? Because it really matters. If you meet your husband in the club and you ain't worried about Christianity or you ain't worried about anything, then you get married and then you find out that, you know, I don't like been in the world anymore now I want to get saved and he don't want to do it and then they start going two different paths then they get a divorce they tally that with the people that's in the church they they put that statistic and they add that data to the people that's Christian and I was like wait a minute that's why it's so high because they adding these people who who already got in with the wrong dude at the wrong time or the wrong woman you know so that's why the statistics show that is more uh Christians that are divorced and people in the world, and I was like, "What?" So they was these people are so quick to say that statement, but they're not. They they don't look at how they collect this data to come up with that assumption. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but doesn't doesn't the Bible make allowances for just that? 
like when you say a girl met a guy at the club and she got saved and he doesn't want to go in that direction, so then they go in different directions and get divorced. But what does yeah. the Bible say about a woman being saved and a husband not being saved? Well, one is sanctified. The one that's um, saved is sanctified through the one that's not. I mean, so they're sanctified. So, so I mean, so if that's the case, then why would they be out of that, out of that category? Well, there's the choice still of the person that says, "Okay, I don't want to be in this relationship no more." Before we was, before we was, um, before you start going to church, we was able to go to the club, and I was able to kick it with my boys. But now, all of a sudden, you telling me I got to change that? I'm not willing to make that change, and you know, and I like doing what I'm doing, and you trying to change me, and then it goes downhill from there, you know. But I'm, okay. I'm yeah, I'm glad you 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 actually didn't go left with your statistics. I'm glad you brought that up, Darren, because I wanted to talk about divorce. Um, and to those of you who have been divorced, um, can you articulate the pain involved for those of us who have never been divorced? I mean, can you put it into words for us? Man, I've been divorced, and when I was divorced, the pain that was involved, it, it pained me more than my kids was going through what they were going through because they didn't deserve that, you know. Um, I could care less. Well, I mean, I loved her, but when you choose another man over me, then now I hate you. But then I don't want my kids to see that I don't that I don't like you no more. I want them to see us getting along as best we can. But when you step across that 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 threshold of a courtroom, the lawyer told me. He said, "Look." I know that you think that this woman is this way and that way, and you think she's going to try to work it out with you, but I'm going to tell you, her gloves are off. No matter how she smiles and tells you that she wants to work things out at the lowest level possible, she don't. And you see, he said, this, the way this thing is, is designed to make both of y'all equally unhappy. So you, we, we're going for the equal unhappiness vice the equal happiness. And and the kids are just the kids going to have to grow some callus. When he put my kids on a level of callus, I said, oh, I, for a half a second I thought that I should go ahead and try to work it out for the sake of them. But then when I look at what she did and could I really be with a woman that cheated on me, the answer was no. So I had to proceed. Good words. Um, Anybody else? Um you know that it has been divorced. Can you put into words, you know, the pain you experience or, or your children experience? You know, for those that haven't been divorced, that haven't been down that road. I, I want to say that the pain is is really pain is not a good word to really okay. describe what it is, because when you get so ingrained in a person and in their personality and your daily habits are built around this person, and then all of that is gone. And you have to relearn yourself, reconstruct yourself, and then you have to learn how to put yourself in a place to where maybe someone else can love you again. And then you also have to put yourself in a place to where you won't be apathetic towards the possibility of love again because you got scoring the first time. I mean, it's 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 pretty rough. I mean, because you feel like a failure, especially if you are not a big believer in divorce and everyone in your family has been married and 
You know, it's unheard of on both sides of your of your family. It's 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 pretty bad, and don't let one of the parents die while it's going on, or shortly afterwards, because now it's like, well, do I go to the funeral? We're going through a divorce now. You know, it's 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 pretty crazy, and it's painful. So, would is this? Would you say that divorce will have some type of impact on all parties involved for the rest of their lives? Absolutely. It it changes you. It does. It, it changes you. You you're never quite the way you were. Okay, here you still there, bro? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Oh, you fading out, but children whose parents divorce have higher rates of psychological problems and other mental illnesses. So you're exactly right. Um, but the, does divorce beget divorce? If one grows up outside of an intact marriage, do they have a greater likelihood of getting a divorce? Yes. Uh, in my opinion, they, they do because they they see uh, they see what their parents did and they, they, they looked at it as an easy out. So even though they're not saying much, I mean, like, I talk to my kids all the time because I'm raising them with my wife, my current wife now. But I tell them all the time that, you know, uh, and and maybe it was me trying to make an excuse for getting a divorce with their mama, but me showing them in the Word how God allows for that to happen because of, you know, all the pain that's involved. You know, I'm letting them know this is the only reason, but... You know, if they was to get married, I was just letting them know this is the only reason that God allows you. If you can't stay in there, if you can't, you can do all things through him. But if you, just in case you can't, here's a way out that he allows mm-hmm. because the covenant was broken. So, um, but I have to steadily teach them that. And all the time I have to continuously explaining that to them just so they can let them know that, you just don't get a divorce for no reason. It's ha- it has to be this only reason right here. Yeah, that's good words. And more pain in our society comes from broken primary relationships than from any other source. So the question is, how do we reduce the number of divorces? You know, if you were tasked, if we were tasked, you know, how do we reduce the number of divorces? Nobody has the answer. I think first they need to read my book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That'll really knock it, knock out half of them right there, you know, because the, divorce you need you need you really need to learn how to be married first, and you need to you need a proper source and not you need uh, not uh, your mama or your grandmother just because they got they stayed married for ninety years and grandpa cheated on her and beat on right. her and. Had right. other kids outside, we really need to learn how to stay married through, yeah. through professionals, and, uh, and and that's why you know I'm I'm really adamant about keeping keeping marriages and family together because it's really tearing these kids up, and it's supposed to be our next generation that's coming behind us. Yeah, you talk about you know professional and um, T Hog, you there? I'm here. Yeah, I mean you talk about 
I think household stress is a, is a is a good source. Um, I think y'all will all agree. Um, it's professional, even though mm-hmm. we're not professional in the realm of marital counseling. But um, and the book, the first chapter talks about the, book. the first chapter of the book. That's a great point, um, brother. The first chapter of um, you know he, he was speaking of books, but married men don't talk book. The first chapter is on divorce. Absolutely right. And I don't think that was by coincidence or happenstance. The first chapter is, is, is by divorce, is about divorce, and you can read the foreword, you know, in there. Um, but, Brother T. Hawk, when it comes to telling men to get plugged into this professional, proper source called household stress, how many guys told you I do? How many guys told you I do compared to how many told you I don't? I would probably say, hmm. If you were to put a percentage on it, how many guys 20, told you 20, I do? 20%, 20% said I do versus I don't. So it's the 80-20 rule? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Wow. Yep. yep. And I've literally seen um, havoc with a lot of that 80%. percent and you know, it just it just it just goes to show that you know, um, if the head ain't right, the body's gonna fall. Because mm. I didn't speak to any women about it. So if the head ain't right, the body's gonna fall. Mm. I mean, it's really that simple. And we as men, I mean, it's it's a sacrifice that you have to take. And I'm not talking about this particular venue. I'm talking about any venue that can help you be better at this hardest job you've ever signed up for, and that's marriage. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And you got to get into something, something that's going to help you sharpen up your tools. Because if we think that we can just ride it with what we got, you know, yeah, we need help. But with, with that help, T-Hawk, and that's great words, um, but if we were to focus on you know, the challenge of getting the right people married to each other. Could that prevent a divorce more than anything else? And what I mean by that is does does a happy marriage have less to do with hard work and more to do with partner selection? No. I think I – yeah, go ahead. No, because, I mean, you hear people who say, oh, I found my uh, – soulmate and they're divorced in three years. <laughs> you know, so it's more hard work because that's just what it's going to be. What's the I, had, I, I had a uh, a lady come by my house today um, before I left and she was doing a background check for one of my neighbors. And um, there's a lot of questions that she asked. You know, it just so happens that, you know, the neighbors that she was talking about, we knew them very well. We, You know, they're very close to us. So um, I could answer a lot of the questions. Um, but there were some questions that, you know, I didn't know the answers to. You know, I felt very strongly about, you know, um, that that the neighbor wouldn't be involved in any of these things that they were asking. But again, I didn't really know. Um, 
And when I think that when it comes to marriage selection, I think that we just don't do our due diligence. We just don't. I don't really know if anybody does. Really to sit back and, and do the investigation and talk to people that know them. Find out what happened in their last relationship. Find out, you know, what their what their spiritual background is. Find out what their sexual tendencies are. Find out all these things, man. Everything you can find out about this person prior to. The federal government does it. Most jobs do it before they hire somebody. They want to know who are you. But in you a relationship realm, a lot of that's going to be thought of as you doing something deceitful. Okay, then... then then again, if you got if you think I'm being deceitful and doing my homework before I mm-hmm. make this big decision, then you ain't the right person for me. I mean, if it's you just are how open you book, do it. yeah. So, you, so T.O., you, you you basically saying that getting married is, is kind of like a business decision. It is a business decision. At the end, it's gotcha. time. I mean, you got finances, you got responsibilities, you got delegation. All those things are in business. You pay for a contract. Both of you have to sign. You can't get out of it unless you get out of. You go to a judge and get out of it. Exactly. You don't want to jump into it and find out that this person can't juggle, this person can't um, delegate, this person can't take orders well. This this person doesn't know their job title. You know what, fellas? A lot of times we find those things out and we ignore them too. I mean, we know certain things about that person. But she fine, so I'm ignore it. Or, or he makes good money, so I'm ignore it. Yeah. A lot of times we know, but we don't make that proper business decision, you know, with the background check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sometimes the resume doesn't tell the whole story either. Well, yeah, you, you can go all you can go over all the questions and get all the right answers, but you put them behind a desk and they can't do nothing. But when you, <laughs> but when you, when, when, but when you're supposed to be observing the woman. And you're supposed to be in, and I'm like I said, if we do things according to the Bible, and it tells us in Proverbs 31:10 how a woman should be acting uh, to show herself approved to us, um, we should really be looking because it also states that we, it's already hard to be married. You're already gonna have a difficult time, so it's it it bring a little bit more ease if you follow these instructions when picking one. But when we go to pick them from wherever we get them from, and we don't follow none of those instructions, then it's already expected that you're going to be coming into a relationship or a bond or a business decision like T-Hall said, because that's what it is. When you're coming into this thing, you got to make sure that that person knows the paperwork side and you know the application side. And if this person don't know anything and if she just got a cold, smooth body, then that's all you're going to get. You know, and you can't fault nobody but yourself for choosing that way. But are, but are the signs of a great marriage or a failed marriage evident before a couple even gets married? Are the signs there of a great marriage like Susie and John? They're going to have a you know they're going to be on they're going to have a great marriage, or Susie and John are going to be divorced in three years. There's no way to predict it. No way. Oh, when, when was the last wedding you went to? My mom. Oh. Mm, in every wedding, you go to any wedding, you're going to hear, I give them a year. I give them six months. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's always going to be somebody that's going to be doing that. And you know, I mean, you can guess, especially if it's someone you know. You know, you go to your boy's wedding, and you know that that he's the type of guy that's not going to change his ways, and he's not going to be the type of man that he should be. You know, you won't go, hey, this is a waste. Yep, mm-hmm. you're right. Mm-hmm. And here's some of the problem with the with looking at a person up front. I'm not saying let's not do it, or, or it's too late for us. We were married, but and looking and looking at someone that you're trying to get with and wanting to be with, you can you can come up with the most extensive list that you want and try to drill down and make sure this is the right person. But here's the drama. The drama is you don't know how that what that person is going to be like tomorrow. And you don't know what you're going to be like tomorrow. So for that moment, they meet all the criteria. Five years from now when you have to lose a loved one and you have to go through some pain and some different things like that and they're not there supporting like you want them to, you know, my point is that you're always going to be learning something new about them. They're always going to be learning something new about you. You're always going to be learning something about you. So. I'm sorry, cut y'all going. No, no, I'm just gonna I'm just saying that it's um we can we can go through the checklist, we can we can go through the signs of what we believe. Um but at the end of the day, for those it's close to that time, for those who are Christians, those who are trusting God, at the end of the day, our ways mean nothing. Our thoughts mean nothing. Uh, we we're gonna have to solely lean on because he's given us someone as a help me for things to come, not necessarily on what we see today. So he's looking at it long term. And we might look at it, we're, what we're doing our checklist on, I'm not saying some of those things are not long term, financial and different things like that, but the solely basis, and we're talking about business decisions, if uh, in, in hiring a, a an employee, for so those who are managers or owners of businesses, when you're hiring an employee, sometimes, uh, those who are honest would admit sometimes you could hire someone who doesn't meet all the qualifications, who doesn't have a degree that you're saying it takes to do this job, and they work out 100% better than those who meet those requirements that have been doing this for 20 years. See, and all the time. Mm-hmm. But, but two things, and one, I, I want to ask this question. What do you think? It's more important to pay attention to now. Now, this this is the caveat. You in love with this person, okay? You know you really love this person. Do you do you when it comes to deciding on marrying this person? What's more important to look at? How the great things this person is, or the little things that are a little quirky, you know, like she's not good at, you know, which one. Because, believe it or not, the the bad points are going to come out a whole lot more than the good points, if if y'all can follow what I'm saying. Like, who I'm with now, I know her bad points. I know her personality. So then it comes down to me deciding on which one 
I can live with and what what I can't live with and what's more important. Because we, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm no better than anybody else. I have some things that she's going to have to deal with with me, you know, the type of person I am. So I, I, I put it this way. This is the way I say it. Um, it, it if, if I can put up with the stinky part of you, then I know that, that you're a person that I want to be with for my the rest of my life. That's what I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just looking at, oh, she's great, she looks good, and she does this and she does that, because that can go away. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That can change. But it's mm-hmm. like her bad little points. Like, she knows type of things I don't like doing, and, and, and she knows when it comes to bill paying she doesn't like the way I do it, you know. But that's not going to be, uh, well, I'm not going to marry him because, mm-hmm. you let know. Me help you, you. Let, me, let me help you a little bit. Um, because according to the Pew Research Center, just following up, you know, a little bit of what you're saying there, um, might be give some texture to what you're saying. Um, according to Pew Research, fewer young men in the U.S. want to get married uh, than ever. And we often hear in the media, where have all the good men gone? But when men are asked why, the answer is simply this. Women aren't women anymore. Feminism has unknowingly made women angry and defensive and teaches women to think of men as the enemy. So this dynamic that women are inherently good and men are inherently bad has destroyed the relationship between the sexes. And when a relationship goes bad, fellas, who usually gets the blame? The man. The man. Thank you, Brother Ike. So are we are we getting tired of being told that if she ain't happy, it's somehow our fault? No. I think that's a little, that's a, that's a little extreme for me. I, I think, look, marriage is less about selection and it's more about work. And I think that's the problem. When it comes to men, we we have we maybe have in our mind that there is a certain work that needs to be done, and times have changed, and the work is different. And 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 the work, even with technology the way it is today, we still have to do work. Most of us don't work physically. We're not, you know, outside maybe working, um, doing doing hard manual labor. Most of them might be on a computer and doing some of this stuff. You know, even from a calculation standpoint, working in business, we got software and stuff that does a lot of that stuff for us. It's a different type of work. It might be a mental work more so than a physical work. But in marriage, it's the same thing. Um, the work is different. Uh, just because the woman's role has changed somewhat or, um, uh, you know, she's chasing after her dreams or uh, owning businesses or making more money than the man, doesn't doesn't change the fact that we have to put in work. Mm. Mm-hmm. It just changes the work we have to put in. And that's a good word. And you, you talk about work. And a lot of people, that's what we're talking about tonight, Phil, a lot of people are saying, nah, not putting in the work. Because since 1960, the number of married adults has decreased from 72% to 51% today. And the declines in marriage are most dramatic among young adults. 
Now listen to this statistic. Just 20% of those aged 18 to 29 are married. 20%. That's compared with 59% in 1960. And research indicates that if the current trends continue, the share of adults who are currently married will drop below half within only a few years. So with this millennial generation, the, the, the folks age 18 to 29, in 1960, 59% of them were married. But has the link between marriage and having children become disconnected in the minds of this generation, those between 18 and 29? I would think so. That's almost a definite. I just, um, I've, I've had conversations with, you know, my, my, I got younger cousins, younger family members, and people in the church. It's like if their friends have, if all of their friends have children, it's like they want to be a part of that. You know, I had a conversation, an hour-long conversation with my kids just about the influence in the school system that they have on them. They were talking to me about shoe game. I'm like, your dad's out here trying to buy you houses, and you coming up here talking to me about shoe game? Mm. You want shoes? What else do you want? Where well, I want to, I want contacts. Well, what's wrong with your eyes? You know, I mean, I, I, and and I'm, I'm constantly competing against what they're learning from school and what they bring in home. And this is a two-parent household, but you're telling me what one-parent household students are talking about to you. That is supposed to be the, the 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 thing to do, you know. You you talk you're talking to me about people that don't have any home training. You're talking to me about gay girls or gay guys, and how I shouldn't be. I should not want them to not hang out with them, you know. And the conversation at the schools are changing, so the conversation at home needs to be a lot stronger because I'm constantly competing. My my enemy is my my children's friends because <laughs> I'm constantly talking to them about what their friends telling them is right and whatever you do that's majority that's what seems right mm-hmm. and they think that oh this and it's, it's like a thing that they're trying to put um in some high schools they're going to start putting um um daycare centers daycare centers yeah and 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 that's what we're leaning that's what our society is going to daycare centers in the school so are you promoting children or teens to have children, and it's so, are you letting them know that it's okay to have kids, or is it should it be shunned like it used to be and let them know that hey, you know you can't just have kids out of wedlock because it's not even t- it's not even taught anymore to stay virgins when you're married. It's not even that's not even taught. That's unheard of. Yeah, until you're married. But until, you know, let me let me let me help you, brothers. That the millennial generation those between 18 and 29, they do place a higher value on parenthood than marriage. And a recent survey found that 52% of this generation said that being a good parent is one of the most important things in life, while just 30% say the same about having a successful marriage. So 50% say good parent is important. 30% say successful marriage is important. So, you know, and, and also it found that just this generation are likely less than their elders to say that a child needs both a father and a mother in the house, and primarily because many of them themselves are children of divorced and single parents' homes. 
So is it safe to say that with the change and with the transition of our generation, is it safe to say that single parenthood or parenthood by an unmarried couple is bad for society? Yes. It's safe to say. You're right. It's safe to say that, in my opinion. But there are there are increasingly large numbers of successful, eligible, unmarried men with no kids who are preferring monogamous long term relationships in lieu of marriage. But, but but how does society stereotype these men who hesitate, delay, or just they, they just elect not to marry? How, how does society stereotype? These successful, eligible, unmarried men, no kids. They just want to be in a long-term relationship. They you know, don't. Without the, without the marriage piece. Go ahead. They don't. You, you know, you, you were saying how the difference between 1959, 1960 till now. Mm-hmm. Back then, society supported marriage. Now, it doesn't. Because what do you hear, though? If... if if you, someone, say, 18, 19, said they're going to get married, why you got to get married? Mm. You shouldn't get married. Mm-hmm. You know, and because there's so many unsuccessful marriages, in a, in a family, there could be maybe five or six divorces, and what are you hearing from them? Oh, I did it. Don't do it. You know, look what happened to me. So that's going to stay them not to get married, where back in the day it was, you know, you get married, if you get married, you it, it's going to make the community better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to uh, 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 make you better, which it does, which it does. But more, more people talked of marriage. You know, they didn't instantly say, don't do it because, you know, mostly maybe it was you're too young right now, you know, but now it's not even you're too young now. You're not, why do it? You don't have to do it. So you're saying that men are, are slower to get married because they feel less pressure. Right. Gotcha. But it, what, what, what earlier T-Hulk said that the head is, is, is leading the household, and that's the responsibility of the head to lead the household. Now, when the head starts thinking that I don't want to be a head, I just want to be a loner, or I just want to spread my seed all over the place, then he's no longer a head. So if the head is saying this is a position that I don't want, then it's gonna everything else is going to follow behind that. You take a community without fathers. The absolute worst community without fathers are projects. The communities with fathers in the home, and, and, and the communities with, with fathers uh, uh, have, have custody of their children and, and married and have a, a wife, they, those communities are a whole lot more structured than, than a community without all of that. A community with the father in it, you, don't, you have less, less problems in the community with them teenagers just walking around selling drugs. I mean, I remember when you used to have a basketball court, and it was okay to have a basketball court because the father was standing on the basketball court with the kids why they playing? And it was no no drama. Now communities won't even put up basketball courts because of what they think might happen. 
You know, I have a community. I ask them about that. I say, why you don't put up a playground or or a basketball court? And they said, are you kidding? We're not going to invite that mess into this community. I said, what mess? Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I, I think what goes back, you just kind of spelled out uh, in another way. What I was trying to say before was just being a husband, being a father, simply means to put in work. The foundation of manhood um, being laid outside of um, uh, God kicking Adam out of the garden. And the foundation was, you're going to work. That's your job going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Period. Your job is to work. The woman, okay, childbirth, she's going to have pain. Your job is to work. Paul reiterated that in the New Testament, talking about man don't work, man don't work. Right. The foundation of a man is to put in work. And I think men today, and, and I say this generation, is fearful of the work, um, for one. And then the other half of that is, is just simply lazy. You, you, you've got to put I mean, you look at society today. And I know you read off some statistics, but and, and, and I don't know the statistics on um, deadbeat fathers, but I would imagine that's on the rise as well. And because there's a, there's a fear, because uh, there's, there's one thing to say it to a, for a statistic, if that's 52% or whatever it was, it's another thing to actually do it. And we know that the action uh, percentage is also on the rise of, of men not willing to, to uh, be fathers to their kids. Now, passing the money doesn't mean that you're a father. Putting in work uh, is something that this society really does, you know, the entitlement situation, and I'm not being political, but a lot of people are, are this society, this generation is looking for a lot of entitlement. Um, they feel like they're owed something. Somebody should just give them a, a six-figure job, um, and you know they're dropping out of school at a higher rate, not attending college um, at a lower rate. Uh, so, and I'm speaking on specifically for black men mm-hmm. that uh, we don't want to put in the work, but yet we want all of the benefits. We want to right. seem like we're well, more well off than what we really are by putting the three hundred dollar rims or, or the three thousand dollar rims on a three hundred dollar car. <laughs> seem like we're further ahead than what we really are because we don't want to put in the work. I mean, at the end of the day, um, everybody wants to crown, but nobody wants to cross. Is how I put it. Mm-hmm. That's good words. And, what and you got to bear your cross in order to get your crown. Exactly. And what you're talking about is you have to rewind before you're a husband, before you were a father, and just you know, just think about what does it mean to be a man? Mm-hmm. You know, number one, you, being a man is, is being self-sufficient, you know, being able to clothe and feed yourself, put a roof over your head, you know, without the help of mommy and daddy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that you have to rewind before you step into the role of a husband or a father. You have to realize that it, it takes some stuff just to be a man. You know, you mm-hmm. may just be you. You know, you have to provide for yourself, you know, to start with before you get a wife and children, you mm-hmm. know. But, and I want to ask this, um, is marriage about maturity or personal preference? And what I mean by that, fellas, is does being mature necessarily mean getting married and having children? Or in another way to put that, does being a man necessarily mean being a husband and a parent? So is marriage about maturity or personal preference? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? 
That's a, that's another stumper for you. <laughs> so when you when you asking about maturity, do you, are you saying what it should be about or what it is about now? I mean, what I'm just saying that does being mature does that mean that that man has to get married and have children? No. Does that man have to be be a husband and a parent? Is that part of maturity today? That's what I'm asking. Oh, that's no, I, I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think maturity but you should be mature to enter into a marriage. Mm. Mm. Now we're talking. Now we're cooking. Mm-hmm. Now we're cooking. And here's the que- here's the question of the evening, fellas. Here's the question of the of the evening because I'm ba- I'm about to roll up my sleeves on y'all. But here's the question of the of the evening. Should men marry or not? Do men need to marry? That's the question of the evening. Should yes. men marry or not? Do men need to marry? You say yes? Uh, yes, I say yes. Anybody want to agree or disagree with, with him? Should men Maybe marry? Do men not, need to marry? Wrong. I don't think they need need to marry. It, it depends on, I say yes, because it depends on where they want to go. If they want to be further developed, ain't nothing that further develops a man like a woman because that helped me if, like I said before and time and time again, I, I, I was, before I was married, I was comfortable just sitting in the basement playing video games in my underwear all day long, eating, not eating sometimes. don't matter. Just as long as I go to work on my off days, just give me a video game, and I'm totally content. But when that woman comes in and tells me, look, you have to – you have to show some initiative because these kids are watching you. Uh, these neighbors are watching you. I'm looking at you. And you're talking about developing a, a person's spirit and not looking at her as a nagger but as a developer. You know, um, she motivates me to want to complete my mission, whatever that is, whatever God has for me, whatever I have to do for the day. You know, um, when I was chilling, you know, my house was always nasty, you know, I, was, I mean, not me, you know, I, I made up my bed if I wanted to, you know, I got the pizza box and, oh, pizza, pizza in the sofa, let me just get this up real quick because I got company coming over. You know, the, the mentality of a man that's married is totally evolved from when he was single. His mentality is different, his drive is different, his ways are different, he compromises more, and he can go to a a job, and you know, if you when you have a woman boss, and she speaks to you in a certain way, and you don't know how to handle that because you 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 haven't been around it, and you don't have a woman at home to tell you how to maneuver around certain situations, you can be lost. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm glad you said that about the woman that helped me. And just the other day. I saw a quote that was directed towards women that said this, and I quote, Let God make a man out of him before you try to make a husband out of him, end quote. What do you all think about that quote? Let God make a man out of him before you try to make a husband out of him. Um, Absolutely. And that goes back to um, the question that you asked earlier. Uh, the most important decision 
that a person has to make. I think that was a question that you asked, right? Yes, correct, correct. And and, and the reason why I said that marriage wasn't the most, the person that you're going to marry wasn't the most important decision that you have to make um, because if you don't make the decision to give your life over and let God show you how it's done as a man, it don't matter what woman you pick, right? Mm. You, you're gonna have issues. Mm. Right. You see what I'm saying? And, I think and, that I think that he he's the only one that can whip you into marriage shape. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Other than a woman can't do it, the world can't do it. You know, your father can't do it. Nobody can do it. God is the only one that can say, "Okay, now you're ready." Mm. Right. And, and, and the, you're, you're absolutely right, T. Hawk, and I think. Uh, you can be great. I think history proves that. You can be great whether you're single or whether you're a man. Greatness can come can pour out of you. It, it, so, again, I think to Teok's point, that the woman doesn't necessarily uh, – does, everything in life, I think, has its purpose to build you, to develop you. Every person that you come in contact with uh, or, or, or it can uh, – um, fellowship with or what have you, is going to build you in one way or another. Uh, you can go fishing and you can get revelation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to help you in one way or shape or another. Um, so, you know, I think all that stuff, as, as Solomon put it, all that stuff is vanity. At the end of the day, God is the only thing that matters. He's the only one that's really going to pull out. Because if you look throughout, not to, you know, to get all preachy, but if you look throughout Bible, if you look throughout uh, the Old Testament, uh, and a, a few incidents in the New Testament, you see that God doing his, his most work when you were single. Matter of fact, Paul says, "I wish all of you were." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like I was. Right? That's right. But but in, and then you can look at Jacob. You can look at David. I mean, you can you can look at Moses. I mean, he was doing a lot of a lot of what they've done uh, prior to uh, marriage. Uh, they were able to accomplish some great things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but on the, on the other end of that too, I'm not saying so. I don't want to leave all of that, the other side of that out. Being married, yes, that woman can compliment you. I think it's all about what uh, one God knows what's best for you, mm-hmm. and He'll, you know, some of some of us do need that additional push, and He puts that woman, and that woman is what it is. And in another case, it might be that thorn in your flesh, something else, right? It, it might be the fact that you had cancer and now you you come through it. The cancer is what pushed you to your greatness. The fact is, for some of us, it might have been you got fired from your job, and that pushed you into business, and now, you know, you're successful in a Fortune 500 company because of that pain that you went through with being fired or let go, whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. That's good words. And just with that, time back to uh, T-Hawk's statement, what does the devil think about this thing called marriage? He hates it. Hates it. Has anybody experienced any of, of Satan's attempts and schemes to, to try to destroy your marriage? Oh, it's women. Hmm? Other fine women. <laughs> Absolutely. They we all been there. We all been there. We all been there. But the but let me let me let me let me take you back. You know, I w I wanna take you back. Um you know, somebody mentioned you know attending weddings. You know, being in attendance at a, at a, at a wedding. Um, somebody asked, "When is the last wedding you went to?" Um, but what 
But when a couple is standing at the altar getting married, does the devil show up at the wedding too? Is he in attendance? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's at funeral too. What's his assignment on the on the couple? You know, when he shows up to the wedding, what, what is he gonna? I mean, what, what's his aim? Why why is he there? Man, I uh, when I when I got married to to my current wife, her sister was there, and you know, she's a baby, and one of her sister asked her on her dress. And my mother was the one that stopped her and said, "Hey, she's the one getting married. Just you know, hey, that 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 you the youngest stuff don't work on her wedding day, and it it doesn't work anyway now because all of you guys are grown." But one of her sisters told me, you know, "Hey, I will. I mean, we. I thought she was playing, but she was like, I will kill you if you touch and hurt my sister." And I'm like, "I'm at my wedding. I don't really need to hear what you think I'm going to do because the last guy did one, two, three, four. Uh, some other person just blurted out, uh, don't do it, don't do it. You know, it's just certain things that, you know, that was said. And I was like, who who was that? You know, I mean. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But I need you to go back a minute. Did you say somebody yelled out, don't do it, don't do it at your wedding? Yeah, one of my one of my single partners. <laughs> one of your what now? One of my single partners. You know, he was like. Oh, that guy was supposed to be escorted out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he said it as a joke, but you know how the devil works. You know, all, mm. only thing is somebody say, and then everybody was like, "Why? Why you? Who are you talking to? The man, the bride or the groom? Uh, why he don't need to marry her? You know something we don't know, and uh, why she don't need to marry him? You know something we don't know, and it's just it was either no, nah, I was just joking, you know. But certain mm. people were there trying to egg stuff on, and it was just kind of ridiculous, you know. And every at every wedding. You know, if even if I'm sitting on the other side of the table and watching somebody else getting married, you can just sit in the crowd and just hear the conversation sometimes that goes on when when people are saying, you know, oh yeah, she used to be a hoe back in the day, or oh yeah, you know, you know, he still was that you should have seen him at his bachelor party, and that's another thing I feel that that needs to stop because them bachelor parties and it depends on what kind of bachelor party it is. But at those parties, man, they said it's your last chance to get your rocks off, and that is a uh, that's allowed on that day, and that that shouldn't even be happening on that day. Yeah, but I want to go. I want to go back. I want to go back to the devil being in attendance at the weddings. Right. His purpose is to keep you in sin. Right. I, I mean, not to say a single versus a sin in itself. Yeah, but but, but Rodney, why? Like what I'm asking is that why exactly would the devil care so much about marriage? Because marriage is God's what way is His will. That's what He wants. You know, and the devil doesn't want anything that's going to be right, anything that's going to help mankind. He doesn't want to happen. So, like I say, he'll even show up at funerals. I mean, you know, his approach is subtle, right? So, I mean, marriage marriage is a covenant. We know that it's sanctified by God, so he doesn't want you being in covenant. Um, can you learn? Can can you learn the um, the uh, the order of marriage, the the initial principles of marriage, where it came from? 
from being in marriage? You can. Most most people don't, even if they are married. So I don't want to say that. I think it's more of just kind of keeping you, like I said, in sin, fornicating, running around with different women, not making that commitment. Um, you know, it, it, I think that's more his goal is to keep you out of the out of the marriage and keep you living in any kind of sin that he can get you in. So marriage is one thing. Obviously, he keeps you in a whole lot of other stuff if you allow him, but um, I, I think that's that's probably more of the goal. Can you have babies without being married? You can't. Uh, can can you have sex without being married? You can't. Can you have, you know what I mean, you can do a, you can still have the benefits, if you will, of marriage. So it's not necessarily, I don't think, marriage. I think it's more of the um, keeping you doing things outside of God's will. Mm. That's deep. That's deep because you know, as you say that, you know, marriage is the is the first institution that God ever created on earth, and it's the basis of every other institution on the earth. So goes the family. So goes society. And if right. Satan can destroy the marriage, he can destroy all levels of society. But marriage has always has and always will be under attack and will be until the end of the time in the time. But why do so many people just not get this? Why do people just not understand this? Because they don't believe in the word, just like he said, attack. It's hard to it's hard to take yourself into a supernatural state of mind and believe that, you know, that the things that you're going through in your marriage don't necessarily have anything to do with you or your wife. Yeah. And because it's so simple. That's, yeah. You know, that's, it's so simple that um, the why is missing. No doubt. They miss it all the time. We're the ones who actually know what it is. And sometimes right. we don't say anything. We're just, yeah, I'm not going to tell her because it's too complicated. Let me just try to get through it. Mm. Right. But what about that? What about the, 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 you know, Darren said his partner, you know, yelled out. I want to play a clip real briefly um, just regarding that, and then we'll get back on track. But listen to this. Don't do it. Reconsider. I had to play that. That's the that's <laughs> that's my right? wedding. Huh? What do you say? That's me and my wife's wedding song. <laughs> that's what's <laughs> up, the International Players Anthem? That is <laughs> song. Oh, man. I had to play that when he said that, but so getting back on track. Getting back on track. Yeah, that, it, just, track. it just matched my wedding to the T, except I'd yell out, don't do it, but. <laughs> don't do it. Reconsider. Yeah, I had to play that. But getting back on track, getting back on track, um. Yes, the devil does show up at the weddings. Um, does the devil show up here on the show every Tuesday night? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. How do y'all know? Yeah, because my wife do stupid stuff. Bang on the door and tell me to turn the light off downstairs when she hear me talking. <laughs> <laughs> Be using her. That's a little bull. Be hating on Be hating on 
man, this 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 show is doing a, a a wonderful, marvelous work for for brothers, you know, for people that's listening. Um, and after I got off last week, I mean, like I said, I take something from it every week. Um, I don't know if it was Rodney P. Town or one of the other brothers. They said that they start praying with their wife, and I was like, man, I always pray for myself, but I don't never pray with my wife. Mm. And and Ooh. after that that day. And I'm praying, man. Both of us are deacons in the church, and we never pray. Never. We just we just know we got each other's back. But after that, man, I I, I sat with my wife and I prayed with her. Uh, and man, it, I mean, you're talking about almost. It's amazing, time. right? Yeah, and that 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 was. I missed one day, and I was upset. <laughs> who, 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 who is this? Is that is that Peter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hold on, hold on, hold on, Dan. Go ahead and finish what you were saying, man. Yeah, no, man, that was my 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 heart, man. I mean, I mean, I I cried because I was missing something, and she cried because she. I, she, I think she was crying just because I was crying, but I was like, "Look, they don't take me as a punk, you know. I mean, I'm no punk, you know." But she said, "No, I'm not. No, you're not a punk. But I just, I'm, it's just touching that to see you, the the the." the the most pleasant thing on a on a, that a woman wants to see is a man on his knees giving thanks to another. Mm, that's deep. And, and and she was just floored, and I was floored because all this time we was married, I never done that. I mean, not like that, not on purpose. You know what I'm saying? And it was nothing actually wrong. It was just us praying. You, you know, you know, my wife. She said she's she's noticed a change in me since I've been missing the show, and she wants to get back in the show. Man, how about that? Don't do it in the dark, right? Yeah, as long as you do it in the dark, keep that light on. Keep that light on. <laughs> but but y'all, man, this is. I'm about to roll my sleeves up right now, you know, I, because this man, this is right where we need to be. Because you're talking about praying with your wife, and I think Brother Rodney mentioned the Garden of Eden, and Satan, the adversary. And the enemy of God, we know, was at work in the Garden of Eden. Now, Adam knew the truth, but Eve didn't, because she didn't hear God say it. We know this. And Satan introduces doubt and entangles Eve in deception in the Garden. I want to briefly go to Genesis 3 and 6. It reads thusly. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Genesis three and six. Did anybody catch that? Where was Adam at this time? He was with, he was with her. Thank you. I'll read it again because I think y'all missed it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Yeah, but whoa, 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 whoa. He wasn't with her when she was being infiltrated. She That's went not back what it to him. That's okay. not what it he says. Okay, he was for her when she went there and picked it. She had already been yeah. misled. Yeah, he wasn't there at that point. That's not what it says. Okay, well, we all know. Well, I know the story to be different. Because how would, how would she be infiltrated right standing next to him when he already knew the story? And she He already knew the rules and she didn't. And he's there standing right there. There you go, Tony. You just got it. Because we don't know the story. We don't know if this was, I think that we've heard this story many times that he was off and then she came back. Well, it's like, hey, why are you talking to the devil? 
No. It's not clear what it says. I just read it for you. Who was with her? It doesn't say that he came after. Well, well the, the 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 thing what what happened was when you read a couple of lines up, you know she was enticed by the enemy early on, and without Adam knowledge of it, and then as that thing ate away at her, they just walked upon a tree, and then that's when you know he wasn't with her when the serpent was trying to you know trick her up, but he was with her when she walked up to the fruit the fruit and uh and took it. Now these timelines are the ones that 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 that's not really um not really clear um but at the at the time that she took it and ate it then she gave it to him and now you often got to put if it's nothing new under the sun you got to put your 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 place in your shoes in his shoes and like I often do you know on the other side if you put I've seen a lot of times when my wife is asking me to do something and I know it's in it for me later on at night or I don't want to start no beef or I just say okay I throw my hands up I'm like, well, it can't be that bad. Let's do it, you know. And without thinking, you know, and and then if she's telling me, sometimes she'll tell me, hey, if you do this, and I give you this, and I'm like, hey, it's on. You take me out to lunch to Olive Garden, even though we ain't got no money to do it, I'm taking you to Olive Garden because you say you, you got something going on late on tonight. Yeah. You know. So but I don't, I don't want to get off track on, on Olive Garden because I think that the story that's been passed down is not accurate. Right. Because none of us were there, and I just read it for you. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Now, like T. Hawk says, could Adam have been standing right there as the serpent was tempting his wife? Could that be impossible? That's impossible. I believe that's impossible. Cause really? When, when a man, How do you know? Because... Uh, Everything it happens the same way. If a man want to flirt, flirt with your woman, he ain't gonna do it in front of your face, not unless he wants some problems. If he knows that that conflict, if because the enemy shows up with the woman on her side because she's more frugal or more likely to be played, and if the husband's standing right there, he can stand up and say, "Oh no, we're gonna shut this down right here." But if he's not there, that's when the problems come. When I was on, when I was underway for six months, my ex got more attempts from guys than anything. Now when I'm there, no attempts. Or, or, yeah, but, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I I, I want to go back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Okay. I want I want to stay there because it says what it says, and I think there's some addition, some attraction, but we don't know it as fact that Adam was off. In the, in another garden, oh, it says who was with her. But it didn't say that he was with her while she was being talked to by the by the demon. Exactly. So how do we know whether it's either or? How do you because know whether you're right or I'm right? How do you how do we know that? We don't know. You read one sentence, right? Yeah. Well, well, you tell me the word where it says that that Adam told the devil, "Get away from my wife." You read me that. T- tell me the verse where he said that. He didn't say that because he was. He didn't say that. Yeah. He was in the figs. Because you remember where it say where it say it happened during the cool of the day when um I think I believe I can recall that when the in, during the time that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Now if he was away during the cool of the day talking to God, then that's when the mouse gonna play or try to play or try to come up against you. But he ain't gonna come up. He ain't that stupid to come up in your face and try to. 
do some things right there. I think y'all I mean, missing it. the punishments would have been the same. I think y'all missing it. I yeah. think y'all missing it. Why would? Why is it impossible for Adam to have been right there? Why is that impossible? For him to be right for for uh, for the for the enemy to be talking to his wife and he not saying anything. Ain't no way in the world a man gonna stand there and every let day. another. Huh? Happens every day. So you mean to tell me? Okay. All right. I, I, so it doesn't. So it doesn't happen. It never happens. So the enemy no doesn't home. talk to our wife. Ain't no dude in his right mind gonna step. I'm not talking about a dude. I'm not talking. Like, about, I'm a, talking about the devil. Surface. This was a serpent, so it could be a woman. It could exactly. Be a... Thank you, thank you, brother Rodney. Yeah. Help me, help me. No, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on. I'm seeing where you're at with this. So let me ask you a question. Let me let me ask you a question. If if that happened just like that, then how come they didn't receive the same punishment? <laughs> because the promise was given to Adam. That's right. Exactly. Talk to him. Help me, Rodney. It was given to Adam. Wait, what, 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 what do you mean? Is the promise was given him? What promise? Because he got a punishment. Not the promise. I said the order. Yeah, the order. I changed it. But they no, both got punished. The order was given. The command was given to Adam, not to eat. That's but correct. she got the she got the worst part though. She did. Because he because he, he said because he said remember he said because you was tricked. He didn't say both of y'all. He said because you was tricked. If you go down to fifteen, he started handing out punishment. Three fifteen tells you she was tricked. And he told her you was tricked. So she was the one that was being talking to, and it didn't say both of you guys was tricked. It said you was tricked, woman. You know, so this right. is your punishment. Right. I'm not disagreeing with that. Now, also, also, in good command, Aaron, was to, go ahead, go ahead, Rod, and then I'll go. No, I'm gonna say so. So the command is to Adam. She was joined to Adam. Adam was the head. She's not to listen to another man or to serpent or to anyone else. She was supposed to be listening to her husband. A husband who has the command, understood what God wanted to do. God speaks to him, as someone was mentioning, in the cool of the day. He's, she's supposed to be listening to him. He's the head of that house. That's right. And so she was tricked because she was listening to another man, not because she disobeyed God. She didn't consult with her husband on the matter. Exactly. But hold on, and, hold on, hold on, hold on. But 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 we said earlier, right? That the command was given to Adam, not to her. Correct. Correct. But she was still held accountable. She was held accountable. Not she was held accountable not for not adhering to the command. She was accountable for not listening to her husband. Right. Not consulting with her husband. Okay. We well, check this out. Check this okay. Out. Well, listen, 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 okay, listen. But the point that I'm trying to make is that. You know, the whole time we always talk, it's always on the man. It's always the man. It's always the man. It's always the man. I'm glad you brought this point up because because now, even just listening to what you got what were saying, and even going back to it, she yeah. was also she was her 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 punishment was more severe than his. Right. So now we talk about moving up to 2013. When no matter what happens in the house, the house is a mess, the house, everything, it's, it's the man's responsibility. Well, now we also know because of this verse that the woman has some responsibility as well or there's consequences to be made. So so let me say I, I, I agree with what you're saying, um, and I think there's a, there's a different degree. So there's responsibility and accountability. Yes. And Adam okay. was accountable. She was responsible, but Adam was ultimately accountable. So into that 2013, 
we are yet still accountable. And, and understand her punishment, her punishment was not eternal. Her, her punishment was not throughout time. Her yes, punishment was. was it, no, no, no. Her, her punishment was a part of time. It was a segment of time. It was still in going on. No, 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 no. It was okay. in pertain. But a man's punishment was to work all the days of his life mm. to till the field. Her punishment was for a time. Okay, yes, check this out. Check this out. Throughout time. Okay, check this out. Okay, I get that. I got that. Okay. Now, it said, the little Lord asked, uh, it's, uh, this is on 13. It says, and the Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? And the woman said to the serpent, the, the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. Now, if if I don't know where anybody come from, if if somebody's asking you, or your daddy asking you a question, and if somebody else was there, the first thing you say, well, we was tricked. If if somebody else was there, you see what I'm saying? You would include the other person as well, even if the 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 the, the, um, the decision wasn't made by the other person. That person who's speaking would say, well, we got tricked. She didn't say that. She said I was. And then, you know, when he started handing out punishments, the brother said that the punishments included uh, her being demoted, the punishments including her having pain when she had kids, the punishment including her only desiring her husband. Now, if that was her punishment, that must have meant that she was equal to man beforehand. That must also meant that pregnancy did not hurt when you had a baby. That must also mean that you- these are the things when, when when a punishment is the opposite of what was already right. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. he said, "Now man will rule over you." At first, that mean that must mean that she he she wasn't being ruled over by her husband, right? To make it a punishment, I now you saying now your husband will rule will rule over you, and you will bear pain when you bring you you know you have multiplied sorrows. All women multiply sorrows mean different emotions at one time. Multiply mm. sorrow. That's what all of that means. So if that happened at the garden and women still do that today, they're no different from the punishments. They're still going through that. I don't know a woman that come out having a baby um, and, and, and smiling all the way through without no kind of pain control. Sure. You know, but but it must mean that pain or the de, uh, delivery of babies must have been a, a pleasure from the time you had sex to the time the baby came in the world. Well, 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 well. Keep in mind, they were to live forever. Right. Yeah. So and so and they didn't have any kids at that point. Exactly. Right. It was just the two of them. And right. But that punishment what, was still given to her, though. Right. Sure. But right. I think what we're missing is that y'all seem to think that it was impossible that. Adam was within arm's length of his wife when this happened. But he was. Yes, I mean, yes, I do. The serpent visited her. I mean, it. 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 it if you look at it, he visited her in Adam's absence. It, it does. It says she gave some to her husband who was with her. Y'all are adding to it. It does not say, no, it doesn't no, no, say no. that he was You're in the other part it. of the garden. No, it said who no, was no. with her. You're adding to it. Because she did, he had to be with her. But he had to be standing next to her, where she could say, "Here, eat it." But she brought it to him. But she it, doesn't have to it. it doesn't say that. It says she also gave some to her husband, who was with her. It doesn't say that she had to walk over to him and give it to him. 
No, they, she was with that. him. She was with him. He was with her when she went up to the tree and pulled the, the fruit down, and then ate it, and then gave it to him. Yeah, she was with him right then, but he wasn't with her when the devil was talking to him. Exactly. That's the I don't think. Uh, but that no, it, that's not. That's not what's written. That's not what's written. I think you're reading into it too much. How so? Were you there? I mean, no, but but but. So how were y'all so sure that he was not? Maybe he was picking an apple off of, of the ground when the snake came well, up, first and he had his back turned, and he was still, what, you know, right what, there where he could touch. You know, the snake. The snake the the snake had legs and limbs and arms, so he was the same size as they were because the snake got cursed to the ground too and crawled on the bed exactly. and fell it for the rest of his life. So if you was to read, if you was to read how she answered God when she said. What have you done? And he said, she said, the serpent tricked me, not us. Because if he was standing there, it would have been the us in there. He, he tricked her. So so here's, here's, can I just interject and just say, here's where the enemy will step into a church matter and mess it all up. Because at the end of the day, what we're arguing about, doesn't change what took place. Mm, that's what I'm talking about. At the, at the end of the day, it doesn't. We're arguing back and forth whether it was a woman, was the man, was he there, was he, you know, was he having a smoke with her? Was he? <laughs> none, of, none of that, none of that really, really matters. The enemy, at the end of the day, the enemy caused man to fall, or I shouldn't say caused man to fall, uh, manipulated man to fall. Now, in doing so. I think we we should be of all degree that he used a woman to do so, which is no yes. different in 2013. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if I one more thing, if if it had if he was there, you know, the first thing he would have said was, "Well, you the man. Why didn't you do something?" Because that's what you hear. You hear that now, you know, something goes bad. Well, you the man. You supposed to be the man. Well, that's what that's what Zipporah told Moses. You know, when Zipporah and Moses, they had the same problem. And since she didn't do her part, God God came to kill the man. He didn't go touch the woman. He came to kill Moses. This was before the Exodus even happened. And he was about to kill him. And he just got finished talking to him like a couple of hours before he was about to kill him. But his wife, Zipporah, hurry up and pull down her 30-year-old son's pants and cut off his you know, his foreskin, and then she got mad and threw it at him, threw the foreskin at her husband and said, you a bridegroom blood to me. She started blaming him for what she didn't do when the kid was eight days old. Now the man is 30 years old, and she mad with him because God's about to kill him, and she blaming her husband. Now let's stay in the garden now. Let's stay in the garden. Let's stay, stay, let's in, stay the garden. in the garden. And, and, and so let's look at the fact, if we want to stay in the garden, let's look at the fact that uh, – God went, and it was read that uh, God had Adam rule over uh, Eve after the, the fall. So he said, he's gonna, you're going to rule over her. He made her the weaker vessel. She was going to experience the pain um, in childbirth. He made her the weaker vessel, not only the pain in childbirth, but he's, she also going to have to follow under man. Um, so that, and somebody was rightfully saying that. That uh, so there was a difference between the in the garden and out of the garden. Um, but what was demonstrated in the garden was the precursor and reason for the punishments, if we want to use it as punishments, that was dealt out outside of the garden. 
if that makes sense to everybody. Mm-hmm. Wait, say that one more time. She dem- so, so she demonstrated, Eve demonstrated that she was the weaker vessel. She demonstrated that she needed uh, um, some type of headship um, over her because she couldn't handle the whole weight, so to speak. So because of that, God said, when you come out, and, and that's why I say I'm using punishment loosely uh, because I'm just giving her what she needed. And you can call it punishment or you can call it correction. You can call it support direction or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, God says, because of what took place in the garden, this is what's going to happen to you. Can I interrupt you real quick? Sure. And um and and she didn't need, according to what Rodney's saying, she didn't need that kind of headship. Because if what Rodney's saying is what it is, then why would a man sit there and let his wife right in front of him be tempted by the very, the very devil that's there, and be tempted to eat of the very tree that God forbidden him to eat from right in front of his eyes? What kind of headship is that? Right. So what we're doing is calling um, Adam, you know, a punk. Somebody just said, okay, would you just go ahead and infiltrate me, and I'm going to help you, and then I'm going to go hide from God afterwards. So who was the main culprit for what happened in the garden, Adam or Eve? Adam. Who was the main what? Adam. Main I mean, culprit. let you tell it. Let you tell it. It's Adam for not protecting his house. That's right. That's right. So how, so how are you going to put it on Eve? I didn't put it on Eve. No, if now, have you have you ever thought about if she would have aided and he didn't, and he corrected her and say, look, God said not to do that. That's what I'm talking about right there. Say it again. No, I would just, I would just I say, say it again. again. If say what you just said again. If he would have took charge and said, I am not going to eat that because the rules and the, the laws are we are not supposed to. Bingo. Then would we be, where no, would no. we be but, today but that's, from that? That's after the fact. That's no, it's fact. not after the fact. Let me go back to the, the verse. Fact. Let me go no, back no, to listen. the verse. Just she also finish. gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. That's after the fact. Like he I did not said. take charge. She could have eaten it. But, you, but see, you're missing the point now. The point is not the fact that she ate, that he ate anything. The, the, the fact is that she was allowed, she was infiltrated even to having this conversation this this forbidden conversation. That's right. And, that's and, right. And I mean, forget about the eating part. And I think that's probably the point that you're trying to make right now is it, is it the loose lips of the wife or the fact that the devil can even even entertain a conversation, mm. entertain mm-hmm. entertain a temptation with your spouse, what whether you're there or not. It's not the act of it because that's too late. Just like they said, man, if you think about having sex with that woman, you're already right. guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and I that's think also what, what what's being missed is this was over a period of time that she persuaded him. She didn't just say, hey, come on, let's go do this. She had to persuade him, and that took time because it took time for the serpent to persuade her because she knew. She knew that out of all the trees there, that tree you don't touch. No, Adam knew the truth, but Eve didn't. She didn't. Nope. Eve didn't hear nope. God say it. No, nope. no, but he so was supposed to tell her. She knew. You're right. She knew. You know why she knew? Because while she was being infiltrated, infiltrated, the serpent told her, "God, so I know God told you yes. not to eat this tree. 
tree, but the reason why he told you not to eat from this tree is because then you'll be as smart as him. That's and Rodney, I think, I think, and Rodney, you correct me if I'm wrong because I don't want to speak for you, but I think what Rodney was saying is that he, she didn't hear from God. She heard of Adam. But she exactly. Yeah, she heard yeah. it secondhand. That's correct. Yeah, That's yeah. Correct. Which is not secondhand because if, if, if Adam is the head, yeah, that's firsthand. That's right. That's firsthand. Well, that's firsthand, right. yeah, you're right. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. Right. And when if somebody come and try to tell you different, than, and that's what I tell my wife. I say, how come when the pastor speaks and they say be at church at 1030, you're knocking down doors to get everybody there at 1030? That should be my job, first of all. But if I'm dragging <laughs> You know, you're going you gonna to make sure you're going to fuss and yell and tell me, we need to go, we need to go. And when I say, hey, why you ain't cleaned up <laughs> or whatever I got to complain about, you give me attitude. Now, why come you, you need to be listening? I'm not trying to take nothing from, you no know, jealousy or anything from the pastors because those are spiritual leaders. But your first church is your home, and a lot of people miss that. And I can tell just by you know, having a conversation with women or guys with their about their wives and my wife, I can tell that it's a, it's a problem with her being a weaker vessel and she knowing she's the weaker vessel because she, sometimes she don't like to be told what to do. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be your father. I'm just being your husband, you know. So, uh, and like, we having a marriage ministry this weekend at our church, and, and the thing is, what hats do we need to wear and how we need to wear it? And I'm looking at Adam. He did not put on his husband hat when he was dealing with his wife. He was really gullible during that time, like putty in her hands. And a lot of times we do the same thing as husbands just because what they have to offer us sometimes. And I tell okay, my but wife, no. Huh? Go ahead. But, but, look, but, look, but look, and good point. But look at this. We go back to the word, and what instruction did Adam get from God about being a husband other than that tree? What instruction did he get other than that tree? He said, for this a man shall leave and cleave his wife. What are you talking about? The leave and cleave part or? When, 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 no, before. Before the tree, before... Before the infiltration, what instruction did he get as far as being a husband and as far as right. I mean, other than, yeah, right. what, I know you. You, you know what yeah, I'm saying, what solid yeah, instruction did he get as far as what his role was? Because obviously he didn't know his role. When, when when the infiltration took place, he did not know his role. That's why when he went back, he didn't say anything other than from the woman that you sent me, you sent me this woman. You didn't tell me what what his job was, what Adam's job was, is to name and name everything and position everything and rank everything. And the when beast, he when he the when beast he of the field, out, that was it. That was no, it. no. When, name, even name even her. when even when Eve came out, he said he looked at her and said, "Now you are flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, and I shall call you woman." He named her. Okay. He he that was his job. He he positioned her. And he called her woman because that was a sub uh, uh, below him. So he, she, he could dangle, he ain't gonna name her man. He named You're her right. woman. You're right. But look, P Town said the same thing when he saw his wife. He said, "Are you gonna be my wife?" He still didn't have the instruction. 
Right. But it was right. tough. I mean, I, I mean, I also explained that even though we went through it, I mean, the first eight years were it was very hard. Yeah, but I want to, I want to, I want to take this thing back, um, get this thing back on track here, um, because yeah, as Brother Rodney said, um, Eve should have talked with her husband, you know, um, but at the same time, you know, Adam didn't have to wait for his wife to make the first move. And since Adam, the fallen nature of men dictates that we'll abdicate more than we will lead. So do, do y'all think that God knew that women would naturally serve, but that men would naturally avoid responsibility, that we have to kind of be forced into it? Because when it comes to being a head of household, that's what I'll bring. I want to take it out of the garden, and, and we'll go back in the garden for a second. But I want to take it out of the garden to 2013. When it comes to being head of household, are men, generally speaking, still prone to shirk their responsibilities? Are men prone to short their responsibilities? Shirk their responsibilities. When it comes to pleasing her? Earlier it was stated, and, and strangely enough, I, I talked to my other about this. I don't believe in happy wife, happy life. <laughs> I don't believe in that. Okay. Because I don't because I'm with you. <laughs> if you, if you look, look back on it, we as men, we're always going to want to appease our women. Okay. We were taught that early on. If you want her favor, then you have to, uh, you, you know, you have to become a uh, bendable thing. You know. When she wants to leave, you got to leave. If not, she gets angry, you know, you're going to have a hard time. So pretty much she feels that she's going to run things. And if you take your position a lot of times, then, you know, she's going to cause a lot of problems. When I tell my wife... When I sit up here and I tell my wife, look, if the answer is no to something, and there's something that she wants and she has a a plan to to make it happen, and I come out of my mouth and I say no, and I and 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 I said because this is not what God wants for us, a lot of times she'll say, you know, well, how do I know that's not you talking, and <laughs> you just blaming it on God so I can shut up? I said, well, first of all, you don't, but your job is to trust me that this is not a good opportunity, this is not a good time to do something. Now, whether you want to stay in that position of trusting me or not, you're going to have to follow my lead, regardless of where you think it came from. Because as long as you follow my lead, you're going to be blessed regardless. And I can't care about her feelings when I make decisions on certain things. You know what I mean? And and a lot of, things, a lot of times today, these brothers, they think, that they have to make the woman happy in order to have a happy home. But the the secret is you can never make a woman happy, not even if you're rich. She's always going to want something. I think think that saying comes from, because I think everything has a biblical principle, that's just me. And and the world makes up all kinds of different sayings and stuff they can use. But I think that one, that particular one, happy wife is a happy life or vice versa or whatever, um, from 
uh, hell has no fury than a woman scorned. And I think no. I think we, we take that and say, okay, if she's not happy. Right. Hell, hell isn't even as bad as a woman can be if she's not happy. And we take that and we may, you know, if, if the woman's happy, we have a happy life. Mm. And justify that, but uh, you know, I I agree. I agree. I don't necessarily believe in that. You know, scorn simply being disrespected or uh, rejected. Or whatever, but it, yeah, if the woman's not happy. Yeah, we we know the ramifications of that. We know we realize. I think all the men on this call, as macho as we are, we understand the power that the woman has in the home as well. Sure, she has a role. We have a role, um, and she has certain <laughs> qualities that typically can make a man, in some cases, do whatever she wants him to do. You know, an example of a woman scorned, you know, um, it's not talking, to, I don't believe it's talking about um, something that her husband is directing her to do because it's going to better or worsen their relationship or worsen their household. Um, I read an article not too long ago. I can forward it to you guys. Uh, the, a, a, a woman, she was a dental tech, and her boyfriend cheated on her and left her. But since she was the only dentist in town, he had something wrong with his back tooth. He had something a cap came off or something or a feeling came off. And she went he went to her and she put him under heavy anesthesia. And when he woke up he didn't have no teeth in his mouth. She took out every tooth in this man's mouth because he he did her wrong. Now things like I, I got a there's a lot of articles that's like this. A man Lorena Bobbitt. You know, you, you got all kind of scenarios that tell us how we should be careful, but I think that's only alluding to doing them wrong. Now, you know, not not saying that you know if we're a husband that just because we tell them no, that's not going to make them go out like that. But if you're doing her wrong and just plain wrong, then you got to look out. Sure, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And I want to go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to, I wanted to go back to the garden briefly, then I want to step back out into the garden back in 2013. Um, But back to the garden briefly. Was it blatantly obvious that the attack was on their relationship itself, the marriage, or did y'all miss that? Yeah, it was on the marriage. It was obvious. Yeah. And furthermore, just a little bit, in addition to, now Adam knew the word. I think we all agree on it, correct? Adam knew the, the devil word. come to destroy, steal, kill, and destroy. He was, and, and that's the word. Right. That's what he coming to destroy. So that's Adam knew that, but still didn't act properly on that. So my question is, what about husbands out here? don't even know the word how can they fare with the attacks from the enemy now Adam knew the word still didn't act right just like the, I think you said it Darren he said no you should yeah, you shouldn't eat the apple God told me this you know he didn't say that so what, what, what about husbands out here in 2013 who don't even know the word what about them 
how are they to re- how are they going to respond to these attacks? How do the men respond to the attacks that that do know the word? They're brothers that know the word, fluent in the word, mm. that that still can't see the attack coming. Well, you know, one thing I learned, and and I always quote scriptures around my house, and I have to keep that in me to continue to to build me because if not, I would go I would go berserk. But a lot of brothers I know that they operate off of their um, life experiences, what to do next. They will operate off of uh, uh, instinct, impulse, what what their daddy did, what their mama did, you know, and what they see in the streets, how they was raised, and that's what they lean on. And but, some some people, not to, not, not to cut you off, I bring you back, but some people live the, the, the devil made me do it kind of life. Right. You know, the alcohol, ahead. blame it on alcohol. You know, they... They got all these songs that they're no, 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 no. That's the truth. Blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true statement right there. Blame it on that Hennessy. <laughs> yeah. But I want to. I want to follow up on Tiog's earlier point. Um, you know, just going back to Adam knowing the word, husbands knowing the word, or not knowing the word. But I want y'all to briefly look back over the history of your marriage. From that moment in which you said, I do, up until today, up until March the 19th, 2013. And the question is, were there any times, were there any times in your marriage when you were guilty of, of maybe not standing up for your wife, not fighting on your wife's behalf, not honoring God and leading her better as you should. Were there any times in your marriage where you were guilty of, you know, not stepping up as the head of household? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, no doubt. We all have. No doubt. Every man on this phone can say yes to that. They should if they're being honest. And with being honest, we may owe our wives an apology. No. those times. No? No. No. Why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? <laughs> no, why not, not at all. Not even a little bit. Why not? Tell me why not. What do you mean? Because if, because then you can turn around and ask them the same question. Mm. Did, did did they validate us? Did they make us feel like a husband? Did they make us feel like a man? Did they treat us the way they? they I mean, it's a it's it's it's, <laughs> it's a it's a two way street. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So at that point, if when when they were wrong, if they didn't say I'm sorry, okay, so be it. And if we made this mistake and we didn't say I'm sorry, you'll say. But but moving forward, we knew we know how to make the correction. But I'm not gonna go back. Well, I mean, you can't say that because I mean, did you did you see Eve say I'm sorry to Adam? Because <laughs> you knew from the beginning she would never say I'm sorry. <laughs> There's an aha moment for you fellas right there. Because <laughs> you're right. You're right. You didn't go back and say, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry I didn't consult you. I should have talked to you. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. When when did she have the chance to say, I'm sorry? When they was hiding behind under the fig leaf? (laughs) Sneaking around? Did she have the chance to say, I'm sorry? When they was found out, there wasn't no I'm sorry in it. Mm -hmm. After he didn't got the cursing from God, she was supposed to say, you know what? My bad. She might have been. She might have said, "I'm sorry," as they were hightailing out of the garden. Not really. <laughs> After the moving trucks came and they was being foreclosed on, she might have said, "You know what? I'm sorry." 
I you still say she was blaming him even after that. <laughs> she was blaming him after that. And that's where nagging came from. <laughs> from even the guard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the attacks are real. They're constant. They're systematic. And me and T-Hawk talk about this all the time. But should we fear the devil? No. Why not? Because we, we don't have a spirit of fear, and God didn't create no punks. So if we recreate <laughs> in his in his likeness and in his image, yeah. like I tell my wife, you know, I I don't if if the devil don't try to come through the principalities through a marriage, he's gonna find a way to come through with the kids, or come through with a job or lack thereof, or come through with somebody. He's always trying to find a way in to a person or a man that's trying to lead his house down the right path. And those are the tests that we're going to be able to pass and get to the next level or the temptations. Now, he know he can't get me through no other woman, but he know that he can get me. He knows my wife is the closest thing to me, and and he can he can try to come through her. But I have to maintain, and we as brothers have to maintain a certain, uh, a certain uh, attitude or manner that's pleasing to God, and these are tests that we can go and get elevated to the next level, and that's the only way we can do it, through these women, through these situations, through these children, just to be elevated. But he, the devil, I, I don't fear him because, you know, I see him as, he just throw the only thing he can do is throw suggestions. He can throw us a, he can, he can throw an invite. He can do an entice, but he can't make me do anything. Exactly. He's a manipulator. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think yeah, one of the reasons that's what he did in the garden. Yeah, that's right. One of the reasons why Satan hates marriage so much is because it reminds him of what he doesn't have and never will. Mm-hmm. Or what he did have. Or what he did have, absolutely. Well, I mean, God says it's fair not. You know, he says it's about 365 times in the Bible. But, you know, he also says you got to fear me. The only person you should fear is me. And and with that being said, that's why women are so emotional because they're following the footsteps of Eve, and so they always have that that concern. Where God, what what makes us so the head of household is we're supposed to be the ones to say, you know what, we got this. We should not have to fear anything. We can get through this. Why? Because we got God. And as long as we follow God's path, but that's why women. They get on our nerves sometimes through the fact that they're always nagging and worried about things because we're not supposed to work. Mm-hmm. We're just supposed to follow through because we know at the end of the day we've already talked to God about it. Yeah, and that's great mm-hmm. words, P-Town. And, you know, earlier tonight, well, actually just a, about an hour ago, literally, um, I asked, you know, does the devil show up? on this show every Tuesday night. So here's the final question, fellas. Does God show up on this show every Tuesday night? Every Tuesday night. Yes, sir. I better believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe, well, yeah. You can't. I mean, if you believe and listen to what other people said, they get something out of the call every single week. That's right. 
And the, and the reason I asked that, and I actually just wrote that because I got several text messages, several about, I thought you said this wasn't Bible study. It's getting a little Bible study-ish here tonight. But I didn't go to the garden until 1045. We had a conversation before that. We had a, almost a two-hour conversation before that, before I went to the garden. But I can't stop God from showing up on this thing because this is God's thing. And one thing, and one thing, everybody needs to know when they tune in to any show or this one because this is where I tune in. The only answers to all of your problems is God, and That's people they, they can they can try to steer around it as much as they want to, but you can't avoid the person that created you. Can't do it. That's right. Oh, they would. And what T-Hawk often calls it, and I love that, is, is backdoor evangelism. And what it is is because I couldn't have opened up with Genesis 3 and 6 at 9.15. The call would have been over two hours ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So the bottom line is, like like the brother said, is that you cannot get around... Whatever your whatever your issue is, whether it's marital, fam, familial, on your job, your problem is spiritual. Period. Absolutely. That's right. I mean, it's like what we said last week. I mean, last week we said, do you do you uh, cheat your wife if you're cheating God? If you're cheating your relationship with God, are you cheating your wife and your marriage? And we knew we found out that answer was yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, and 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 I'm glad you said that too. I think that you know it's spiritual because uh, what was given to us it says that God gave us every spiritual blessing through Christ. It didn't mention yeah. anything yeah. about this natural stuff. And this is why Solomon says that all this is. He realized that nothing else in life, uh, having that wisdom of God on him as strong as it was, he realized that all this other stuff is vanity. So so in in other words. You know, I hear, you know, that people can have, you can have millions of dollars, right? I mean, the people who control the oil fields have billions of dollars. So I hear people in churches, you know, some Christians, preachers or whatever, talk about this prosperity thing and this, that, and the other, um, as if that proves out that you're a child of God. But some of these other individuals, who, some of the most wealthiest people in the world are Muslims or from the Arab nation with all the gold, I mean, with all the oil and everything like that. So that doesn't prove out anything, the fact that you have. It doesn't prove out that you have a 50-year marriage. It doesn't prove out anything. At the end of the day, it's spiritual. It's joy, peace, it's long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's um, having a, a, a home after this home. That's that's what Christ came to do. He did, and that's what he tried to explain to the Jews the whole time um, during his ministry. He didn't. They, they anticipated that he was coming to be their physical king on earth. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. This, having the best job or having your own business, having five, 500, uh, Fortune 500 company or whatever, anybody can do that. This is why James says, faith without works is dead. You push forth the work, you can have that. That's just, it's, that it's that simple. So if you put forth the work in a marriage, your marriage can last 50 years. You don't have to be saved, Pat. Honestly, you just don't. You can you can survey, right? And, 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 
you have atheists, you have Muslims, you have Buddhists, you got all these people out there. Uh, people making up new religions every day who've had long relationships or long or or or, or, or stacked bank accounts, or whatever. None of that stuff makes you a Christian. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff makes you if it made you a Christian, then Christ himself would have had all of that. Mm-hmm. But he came poor so that you might be rich, not necessarily in finances. And I'm not saying you, we can't be. All we have to do is stop stop being so, and now we're going into Bible study. <laughs> All we have to do is stop being so um, uh, so religious mm. and realize that it's work. I'm going to go back to working and put forth mm. some work, and we can have everything anyone else has because at the end of the day, right, we all have the same 24 hours. We can have yeah. whatever anyone else has in this life. But the difference is we can have it with joy, with some peace, with some love, and we also um, uh, are able to share it with other people. And we know at the end of time that there's a crown laid up for us. There's a place mm-hmm. for us that's waiting on us. And, and and that's the difference. It's all spiritual, what the difference is. Spiritual. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for spiritual. breaking it down. Yeah. And, 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 and Rodney, you know, um, and the thing that I've always admired about you um, is that you know how to get the message Without Bible, you know how to get the message across without Bible beating somebody. And a lot of times we get into that, and that's why one of the rules is no Bible study. And the reason why I say this is because this call is open for everyone, even those that aren't versed, even those that are intimidated by the Bible. They're all welcome. Everybody's welcome here. I don't want somebody to get here and hear all this Bible stuff and be like, oh, here we go again. I ain't ready for that. You know, we. I mean, this. I mean, they still come to this call not because it's a Wednesday Bible study, because they want to learn more about the marriage. And I know that I know where the answers are, and I know some of you are going to say, "Well, this is where the answer." We understand that point. But if you're only talking to Christians, that's fine. If it's a Wednesday night at church, that's fine. But when you're in a place where it's free, judgment zone, judgment zone free, and people want to come as they are. We need to know how to get the point across without making someone that's not versed feel inferior. Good word. That's right. the point that I'm making. You know, you don't want people to say, oh, man, you don't want to get Texas rotten, saying, oh, man, there's Bible study again. Yeah. You know, you, we can't lose people because of that. Because at the end right. of it, I mean, they're still coming for another reason other than Bible. They're coming because this is the married men don't talk married form. That's right. Where men, married men talk about marriage. Period. Mm-hmm. And it's a balance. You're exactly right. It's a balance. Right. It's a balance. Mm-hmm. balance. You know, and we and we got it. You know, we you know, and it would no normally come later, but even when we're going through Genesis, that's Bible study. No matter how we look at right. it, right? <laughs> in the Bible, it needs I got one verse. No, but what what you're saying is you dropped one verse that led to. 20, 30 minutes of a Bible conversation. <laughs> Out of a three-hour conversation. Out of a three-hour conversation where you're the moderator that said no Bible study. <laughs> yeah, but the moderator's allowed to break his own rules. <laughs> that, my friend, is the puzzle of Rodney. He's free yeah. to break his own rules. <laughs> Let me drop the conclusion and get y'all uh, flipped over to open mic. Um so we can still chat a little bit. I know it's late. Thank you all for hanging in with me. Um, it's almost three hours. But, yeah, the conclusion, your favorite part. Adam, 
the man, the head of household, had a role to play. He had responsibilities as the husband, which was to protect and love his wife. Pastor David Tarkington put it like this. Just like Adam, we sometimes back back or put off handling things for our wives that will either help her, back her up, minister to her, cover her, or intercede for her. In other words, we as husbands will often do just what Adam did, pass the buck. We'll let our wives handle it. We'll let her make the first and sometimes the only move. And when we do that, we're not only neglecting our God-given responsibility, we're silently surrendering our responsibility before God and before our helpmate. Ask God to help you to see and to handle your responsibility as a husband to intercede on your wife's behalf. And ask God to forgive you when you handle things like Adam. Finally, ask your wife for forgiveness as well. And a message to the wives that might be listening. Don't be Eve. Be aware of the opportunity and the need to talk with your husband and get his input instead of choosing something offered to you that isn't what it appears to be. If we as husbands choose to disengage and not fight for what matters, the enemy wins, and we can't have that, fellas. So when it comes to fighting for your marriage and for your wife, let's have more I do's and less I don'ts. That concludes our show for the evening, fellas. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show brought to you by Household Stress. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You can join us again next Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And next week's topic will be... Hiding Behind the Bible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Rodney was stepping all over into T-Hawk's topic for next week. Hiding Behind the Bible. We're going to break down this whole, you know... Bible study thing or whatever it is, you know, we're going to break it on down. We're going to be here, be square. For more information, please feel free to visit our website, householdstress.com, and also download our free Household Stress app from the Google Play Store and your Droid smartphones. You are now free to move about the country. Good call. Yeah, amen to what you said. <laughs>